This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. Are you drinking up? First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, the man himself, Wolfie T. Oh, he's an imbecile, probably from birth. Man's a complete idiot. Pray to God he's an idiot. What's up? Not much. Uh, I think you just have maybe maybe one more episode of that imbecile clip it's a very insulting clip until the the shame is over zolly will have to oh i'm sorry our guest who will be introduced shortly will have to listen back to hear what we're talking about because we didn't play it live (laughs) we did not but uh yes we are very fortunate to have with us today the zolly becker you don't really think you'll win Things change. Hello, I am Zali Becker. <laughs> Welcome you back. You're becoming a regular uh, around here. Well, yeah, I, I keep on having to discuss the current decline of our film culture <laughs> in respect to the last thirty to thirty-five years of my movie-going life. Yeah, I just uh, watched you discuss another movie from our childhood. Super Mario Brothers from 93 on the Midnight Movie Cowboys podcast. Very entertaining episode. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that's another one, Brett. Did you watch Mario Brothers a lot growing up? I definitely saw it in the theater. I wouldn't say I watched a lot, but I, I saw it. I do remember watching it a few times. And like going in, I think my brothers, are, they were older than me. Somebody said like, yeah, it's not really much like the game. And then I, know, I still didn't mind it as a kid, but. I wasn't obsessed with it or anything. Post 95. <laughs> I think I was done watching it by then. Until very recently, only like three people liked it. And it's been me, uh, Sean C. Phillips, a.k.a. The Cool Dooter, and uh, Kyle Murray. And that's uh, three people. Eric Zeldver had uh, pretty glowing remarks for the film yes, yes, on, the, yes. on the episode. Every, everyone else came to love it. Upon reevaluation, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Upon our, our constant evangelism. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't remember thinking it was bad. Like I, I, I liked it enough. Like I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have any Nintendo stuff back then at that point. But I had played Super Mario at a friend's house and stuff, and had seen the Super Mario Brothers Super Show a time or two. So I was, I was familiar with the character, but. I didn't mind that it was nothing like the games. <laughs> like, that's was, just how stuff was. That 92, 93, 94, 95 was such. That was like the golden period of video game adaptations. Because you have Double Dragon, which people laugh. Double Dragon is great. Then you have Super Mario Brothers, which is, you know, contested. <laughs> then you have Street Fighter, which is based on the anime Street Fighter 2. Not so much the game Street Fighter 2, mm. but 
And then you have, you know, Paul Anderson's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And, you know, I, I defy you to name, you know, a more solid bunch. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a great episode you were on. Uh, thank you to the MMC. They gave us a very nice plug and shout out. Um, also teased an upcoming episode with Brett on wrestling. You're going to share your expertise on the Ultimate Warrior. I don't know anything about wrestling. I know the Ultimate Warrior died, but I don't know anything about Yeah, uh, Stu wants me to come on there to talk about the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior, which was a uh, DVD documentary that the WWE put out in like 2006 or something like that. And then... Uh, they reconciled with the ultimate warrior in 2014 and put him in the hall of fame and basically buried that documentary after that. They, they basically renounced everything in it. Mm. Like, it, it, was, it was an absolute hit piece because uh, they hated him. And then uh, he went in the hall of fame in uh, 2014 at WrestleMania weekend. He showed up on the Monday night raw afterward and basically gave this big long speech about uh, how the ultimate warrior warrior will live forever in the hearts of the fans. And then two days later, he dropped dead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so was he like terminally ill or something? Or was he like steroids? Or, or... Well, he did steroids. A ton I mean, like, they all did, day, but, but um, like, did they only hall of fame him? Cause like, the was new. Well, I don't know if anybody else knew it, but like when he showed up on Monday Night Raw, like he was like, you know, beat red and out of breath, and it was um, a warrior's death. <laughs> like, yes. like he looked like he was on the verge of a heart attack, and then he finally had one. But I don't know if they knew that was going to happen before they put him in there. Like he he might have had an inkling, like something was going to happen, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of sudden. It just kind of timed out perfectly where. He dies as the returning hero. I mean, I only hear about these things after the fact. Like, I didn't like watch, you know. But I mean, like, I knew that like he got Hall of Fame and bam, bam. Yeah. Because like wrestling is big in the culture, but I, I don't watch it. I, mean, I don't have to. <laughs> well, I mean, I know. Yeah. You know, Eric says he doesn't watch wrestling either, but like he's always asking me, like, did you see this happen on wrestling last week? I always see a lot of clips on Twitter and Facebook and things like that. Mostly because I'm associated with you, I think, and it just <laughs> yeah, gives me that in the for you section, you know. I can't I can't cap to watching wrestling because I haven't watched enough of it. I don't know a world without wrestling. I've been watching it basically since birth. So like it, it's just part of my life. Yeah, I don't want to like encroach and say like I want because the watch the wrestling I watch is so few and far between that it like doesn't doesn't count. It's like it's nothing. Sure. Like fourth grade and then like Yeah, know, everybody watched it in fourth college. grade. Everybody was all about the NWO yeah, in fourth grade. And then about fifth grade, everybody's like, oh, <laughs> I'm done with that. Well like for, for example, I put like, you know, wrestling movies in the wrestling area of my memory. Because it all blends together. Like to me, No Holds Barred and you know Mr. Nanny and like Swimming Cabana, and even like you know Thunder in Paradise kind of get folded in because like I don't know what's PR and KFAB or Flash or promotion. Like mm. in fourth grade, I was confused about the whole NWA thing. Like I didn't know if there was red sting or real sting. Yeah. <laughs> like that. It's, they did have a bogus sting for a while. It was very because he was the crow also. That was very 
that always really I never, never really understood that how you could just like take an IP character and just be the IP character. <laughs> yeah. Like you do that without a problem. I always thought that was a little weird too. But well, I have never asked anyone about it because it's it's awesome. In Japan they had guys wrestling as Leatherface and Freddy Krueger. Really? Yeah. They had uh, Lord Humongous wrestled in a few uh, territories. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I suppose, yeah. Although a lot of wrestlers ripped off the, the Road Warrior movies. I mean, they, the, the look, I mean, you know, I suppose. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. also there's a tag team that just called themselves the Road Warriors. So, <laughs> And like, when you think about the whole, like, I have a microphone, I'm going to say shit. That's Lord Humongous. It should have been Night Riders. It should have been. Uh, well, I guess before we start, I, I think it's become somewhat of an expectation that we, every time you're on, we need to talk a little bit of DC. Uh, the Flash is almost upon us. Two months from now, right? Yeah, I mean, it shows at CinemaCon next Tuesday, but that but it shows to everyone else in June. So do you still think that James Gunn will be caught by middle of May? No. No. Not uh, before the Flash comes out now? I think he'll be caught sometime after Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is on video and it's safe for him to be disposed of <laughs> by Bob Iger yeah. and the people at Discovery. They'll have a mutually agreed decision to remove him. I guess it kind of depends on how... Uh, I mean, I know he isn't... He's obviously someone involved in the Flash and it's it's cutting if you will. He changed, it. He changed my movie. <laughs> <laughs> What's going so on? He's going to sink your toy line, isn't he? Yeah, he's, that's his plan, to wreck the Batman toy line twice. <laughs> I mean, the Flash doesn't have to bomb for his extended universe to flourish and or bomb itself. I mean, they, he can say, well, that was... Oh, that, that was a you know that was a film before I came along. Oh yeah. Regardless of what everyone says about the cuts, he can kind of disavow it. He can, he can disavow anything up until maybe Blue Beetle. Although Blue the rumors there. I'm hearing is that uh, the director of the Flash, Andy uh, Mom Spaghetti, yeah, he's already been tapped to direct Superman. I think that's a lot. I think all these introduction Warner movies are a lie to fool their creditors because they need to look like they have projects in development, you know, contracts with talent, agreements with talent. And remember, the trades are like only four people and they can put out whatever <laughs> stories they need to the trades. Yeah. Um, like Tom Cruise saying The Flash is like one of the best yeah, movies he's ever well, seen. <laughs> the movie, the Tom Cruise version of The Flash had Henry Cavill at the end. Oh, you know, you know, you don't show up to the you know celebrity center of Scientology, do the email, and then show Tom Cruise the wrong movie. You know, you don't show him the movie where, where the, the Planet of the Apes ending. You don't do that. Like, how, how'd you like? How's Iceman? I mean, they would. I don't think they would. They wouldn't have the the, the balls to do that because, like, they could risk Tom Cruise saying. Going full Brooke Shields, being like, the children cannot see this movie. Movie theaters must be shut down for another 18 months. You know, the, the Flash cannot be seen. And, uh, so, you know, the executives were hailing their test screenings as, you know, a monumental achievement in filmmaking, yeah. basically. 
there hasn't been it hasn't been shown to a test audience has it no not since uh october of 2022 okay so there was an audience that saw it not just the executives yeah. the, the audience screenings all were in tandem with the return of henry cavill superman okay it's back pr promotion for black adam and the official statements from dc and warner brothers at the time but they knew that, but they knew all along that they weren't going to actually bring him back right i i think they didn't know what they knew until march until like like december i thought they had some leaks that said uh james gunn actually was brought in like before the black adam stuff and yeah, he... the, the black adam stuff i think was made by james gunn i think all that was james gunn i mean shot with him and his team and including the henry cavill stuff but i think that whatever the whatever the the rock seven bucks production plan for restoring the dc universe is going to be when once black adam failed at the box office He's like nobody saw Black Adam. They just saw the leaked Henry Cavill scene, and I'm like, "Thank you, Zack Snyder, including <laughs> me." But we didn't go to the theater to see <laughs> right. Rock in Shazam, okay? No, because nobody wants that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, well, they did sell out the the Dolby screens, both of those theaters. Now there <laughs> yeah. are a lot. Of, there are a lot of empty seats in there, it, but they they did sell out. They, they did. It did okay for like it made as much money as like you know a Paul Rudd Marvel movie. Before or after Avengers Endgame, and that doesn't really—it made enough money to make more Black Adam movies if they wanted to. But obviously, you know, Zaslav was like, "Okay, let's go with you know James Gunn and his child army because we cannot we cannot live under uh, Jackie Stallone 2.0, The Rock, and uh, Henry Cavill. We just can't do it because supposedly Henry Cavill is—I don't, I don't like celebrity gossip. I don't know, really, but I the fact that like. Uh, People say he's difficult means that he may be difficult. And I, I know that like him and Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill and The Rock have the same manager lady who's like this Jackie. Fox Stallone. ex-wife? <laughs> no, no, this Jackie Stallone looking lady. Who's oh. Like 80. And she's like, she controls their shit. So uh, there's definitely egos at play. And, and James Gunn is a, a bitter, vindictive, insecure man. So he absolutely had every incentive when given the opportunity to jettison all that in favor of the dangling carrot of a potentially, you know, young boy, Superman. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, I also don't think that's going to happen either. I think that, mm. you know, after the summer, they, it's going to be over. They're going to be like, no. Well, James Gunn, he had that Young Boy Superman script written like three years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he he, he one of I, I think that, that he wrote it like after Superman Returns because there were like a hundred million spec scripts for like a sequel to Superman Returns, and James Gunn was already like a, a cult successful post trauma person by then, so it's probably like that. And if it's not that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He probably has many ideas for how he takes Superman. Probably lots of them involve Michael Rooker. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He's, Michael Rooker's going to be in every movie. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. I like Michael Rooker. He's, he's great. I love him at conventions and shit. But uh, James Gunn likes him because he's Henry Seacole. 
He looked like he was about 150 years old in the Suicide Squad. Like, like I thought he was going to die on screen from old age. Yeah, he, he, well, because he's, he's convention man. He's convention man. He's like his Ron Perlman for like, you know, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, he's, 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 he's touring 900 days a year. Speaking of The Rock, it always fascinates me at his complete lack of ability to carry a franchise, much less launch a franchise. Seems like every movie he does is supposed to be part one of three, mm-hmm. and it always bombs. <laughs> the or at least, you know, doesn't meet expectations. Well, they did two Jumanjis. Well, but that's also an but ensemble he, piece, you know. And also he's the playing Kevin his, Hart angle. He's playing somebody else in those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, literally. But, he's literally playing other people. I mean, the only, the Rock's only also movie is, is Fast Five. Mm-hmm. And also, he's part of a family in the Fast movies, you yes. know. The family carries it. At least uh, Dom, brain fart. What the... Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, thank oh, Vin you. Diesel, yes. Vin Diesel, he at least had a, a franchise. A couple yes, of them. He's a had couple. The Riddick ones, he's had Triple uh, X, where he did two out of the, the three. The one actually like, invades franchises. He doesn't like have any... Because like, there's not just Fast and Furious, where they tried to make G.I. Joe with them. Yep. No. <laughs> and and I guess you know DC Comics with him, but that's he does. The, the, he's not in the Scorpion King two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, right. No, he was supposed to be the franchise saver after Fast Five. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean he was because he saved that franchise, I guess. Yeah, and, and now they won't let him come back, or he back. he won't he won't reduce his ego to be the second build guy. Well, I mean. Don't you all build behind like Vin Diesel anyway? Because he's like the, the star. Yeah. <laughs> well, after Paul Walker, you yeah, know, Paul, left Paul, us, left this earth. Us. Left us. Is he not coming back for the the finale? I think he'd Paul be, Walker. He'd be poor taste to do the uh, <laughs> the fully CG Paul Walker, like Peter Cushing and Carrie Fisher. He'd be terrible. <laughs> like Charlie's Theron has him held hostage. No, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen one through eight, but I saw nine. Oh, and, you uh, seen one through eight? Oh, no. <laughs> no. oh my god! I was thinking <laughs> I I I was thinking I should do it, but I I don't know if I can make it before is, the last one. But is, is point break or butter? It's better than point break. It's the only I, really good thing David Ayers did. I watched I watched ten minutes of the first one and I hated it so much. It's I turned so it off. great. It's like going back to sixth grade. <laughs> So great. <laughs> I so turned it great. off. I hated it so much after ten minutes. And I, I never too went fast, back. too furious is 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 probably better than Walter Hill's The Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. As far as you know, yes, yes. As far as what? As far as everything. As far as like, gang warfare in the near future and movies with James Remar. <laughs> It's the better of the two. God, I, I haven't seen the second one since it was in theaters, but it James Remar's in that? Yeah, it definitely seemingly takes place in the future because they have these these blasters that stop cars. <laughs> yep. I remember, that's about the only thing I remember. <laughs> it takes place in, in like a, a near future, I guess, uh, where, uh, where drag racing became like so prevalent amongst the youth that they had special police units of of EMP blaster wielding SWAT people 
and uh, they don't really have a serious continuity until the fourth movie, or maybe it's based around the Tokyo movie. They have this weird thing about Lucas Black and going back in time. Yeah, because it's a prequel, right? The third a prequel one? to Tokyo Drift. So no, the the third one is Tokyo Drift. Yes, but, and but it's Tokyo a prequel, Drift right? Takes place before part eight. Well, I thought it was before, like, all, well, no, all them, but it, it, it goes <laughs> Fast and Furious four, five, six. Four, five, and six take place before Tokyo Drift. Okay. Tokyo Drift. So, yeah, it's entirely plausible that, like, Fast and Furious, Too Fast and Furious takes place in the future year mm. of 2009. Wow. In, I, in 2009, there was no epidemic of, like, you know, drag racing and EMP blaster wielding police and shit but it doesn't matter we we go by highlander 2 rule of cool <laughs> yes the only franchise that the rock invaded with no ill effect with actually with curative effect mm-hmm. was, was fast furious Five, which is up there with rambo part two and he has all these all these standalone action films like Skyscraper and with San Andreas. Seems like you know they're trying to launch a franchise. Yeah, he makes these fake Roland Emmerich movies and they're horrible. Mm-hmm. Rampage. It's yeah. <laughs> it's like he he should have been the heir apparent to Arnold, and he just. I mean, that was the idea of the rundown, right? That he was going to be Arnold. Yeah, Arnold had a cameo in like, there too. Yeah, like yeah. I am now Arnold now. I know, and it did not. He, did, he went straight to did not take junior. went straight to junior. I think the problem was in in the movie Doom. He wasn't the Doom Marine. He was the bad guy, mm. which is stupid. I guess with his career, he spent too much time on brand and not enough on acting. Yeah, I mean, is he a, was he a wrestling villain as a wrestler or a wrestler? He, he flipped back and forth. Okay, because like if I think if in goes Doom, both ways, he was a Doom <laughs> Marine guy. That whole movie would have, they would have been more than one direct to video sequel to it. Mm. But he got, it, what's weird is he got on way more steroids after he got on wrestling than yeah, when he was on like in a, wrestling. Got a pointy head. Like he actually, he actually got real skinny towards the end of his wrestling career. And then after about four or five years in Hollywood, he just put on about, you know, 100 pounds of muscle. Yeah, he got a pointy, a pointy steroid. And now he's he's just like <laughs> jacked, like his. He's so jacked, like his muscles are just, or his his veins are just popping out <laughs> everywhere. It's really it's, bad. It's like when you go off them. It's very vacuous. Yeah. What was that word that they used on this uh, Family Guy when Stewie was on steroids? Uh, vascular. He's very vascular. <laughs> vascular. <laughs> but but towards the end of his wrestling career, like he dropped down. To, I don't know, like he always, they always build him at like 275 or something like that. And then he, he probably got down about 250, maybe 230. And I then, uh, and then, you know, he did, uh, he did the rundown and he did Southland Tales and he did, uh, the South, Tooth Fairy. Yeah, his best film is Southland Tales. Yeah, that is his best one. And that then, is uh, best one. <laughs> is that when he's, yeah, when he started doing Fast Five and, um, G.I. Joe is when he started getting on the juice again. Yeah, he, he's in like G.I. Joe, he looked like he was at least like 400 pounds. Yeah. But, uh, like, like, in, like, I don't know. I, I, like, beyond, maybe. I don't know. Like, steroidal mass. 
He also stopped tanning, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, unusual for Hollywood, but maybe not for uh, people. Because well, like they, 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 they make you up. And, like, you don't need Put a to filter on it, right? Yeah, it's just it's, they do it. But, like, yeah, he got like huge around 2012. Like, I have no idea what he really weighed. But, like, if he weighed, if he weighed like almost 300 pounds, like during the rundown, he, he probably was like pushing four. Well, during the rundown, he was probably closer to two, 235, 240, maybe. He got like, he got like twi- twice as big as that. He doesn't even look like yeah. a human being. He looks like the fucking Ben Grimm, the thing version of himself. It's like Barry Bonds post 03. Yeah. <laughs> like, it could all be water weight. I have no idea. But, well, like when he was on the juice in the 90s, like he, he looked puffy. Like he he's wasn't puffy, like, but he's, he wasn't like jacked like he is now. Like I think he's taking water pills now. He had, a, he had a shaped body, like kind of like a stretch Armstrong when it's not stretched. <laughs> he, did, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't like a, like a massive steroidal monster man. He, like it, it doesn't, when you see like the rock in the 90s with the fanny pack, the rock in like 2002, 2003. And the present version of the rock, it's like, you know, the, the origin of dark side. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. It's like, it's not, you know, it's, it's animal, all that animal steroids, weird training gurus and shit. But I wonder how, like, how it's like his, his, his remaining, like, what, he's like, what, 55 now? I have no idea. He's yeah, almost, I think, so. I think he's yeah. 53 yeah. or so. Like, is is he gonna is his shit gonna fall apart? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, especially at the rate he's going. Because like Arnold was never huge, right? And like neither was Stallone. I mean, Stallone ate that his massive HGH ness. He's always and he's Stallone's probably still on the HGH. But like the, the Rock is like pushing like human physio- physiology with his his his, his change. Arnold was pretty massive though. But that was like in like sure. the. Early on, he was, Early yeah, on, he was yeah. still bodybuilding. Like, yeah, the, this is the rock is, is gaining mass, like he's tapering off seemingly because in Black Madam, he looks smaller than uh, he did the in the suit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think the black suit is slimming. Yeah. yeah, you don't know, you don't know how massive he is. I mean, <laughs> during the, the like when you see him, like you know, talking to people, like talking to the fucking ABC people, he, he looks like. Like Bill Sinkovich Kingpin. Like it's massive. It's funny too, is John Cena looks massive next to normal people, but, but he's, he's dropped life. like 30 pounds in the last two years too. Like I, I swear he's, he's off the gym. He doesn't want to die, I think. That's why he's starting to look like Jim Varney when he when he got <laughs> But but it's funny, like you, you look at him wrestling like five years ago and then he wrestled this past WrestleMania. And he's I gotta be at least thirty or forty pounds lighter. Yeah. And uh he grew his hair out, but he's going bald and um he just looks old. Like he doesn't move well. And uh it's like no wonder you can't make it in action movies, you know. Well, she, the Marine is like the Marine, I think the reason why they didn't work is too funny. Well, they did uh I think they did at least six of those. But he was only in. <laughs> but like, he was only in the first yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it's a, if you're not in the next one, that's 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 a failure. They had a running like, they had a running gag where the Miz took over the Marine franchise, but they haven't made one in like ten years. Oh, <laughs> they're all like funny. They're all like weird. 
in like a funny way. Like, well, I never, I don't know if I've seen any of them all the way through, but um, I don't know. They're all WWE Studios films, Uh and they all starred wrestlers in the in the lead role. So it was it was just a way to promote the wrestlers. Do they still have WWE films or that die? Um, I don't know if they. I I think they might still have it, but I don't know if they put anything out recently. Like it's been a while since they produced anything. That was it. But I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking it. I mean, which one? Some Soska sisters movie was was a WWE movie. It was like a one of their last ones, maybe. All right, sooner or later we got to talk about the Sandlot. Oh yes, the Sandlot. (laughs) Just to just to wrap up the DC discussion. Uh, real quick though, uh, I just want to mention Zali. I went over to the uh, Imagine Theater to see Superman yes. yesterday. Yeah, the... I had never been in there. Do they ever have people like checking tickets? Because I just walked right in and went to my no, theater, and nobody can, nobody you, asked you can, me anything. You you can totally blow past the uh, opening thing. Um, they, it's totally not secure. It's just on the honor <laughs> system. Yeah. Hundred percent. They trust uh, you have your printed out thing, or you're gonna go to the guy to get your bucket of stuff. But yeah, if you if, if you had a criminal mind and wanted to see Avatar for free, or a, a Fathom Events movie, or like anything, you could probably just walk in. Yeah, I was. But you could not get free candy and water. And right. Because yeah. I bought my ticket online and I go in there and most yeah, places yeah. give you a barcode. They give you a number or something. And uh... yeah, when I when I went to see Avatar five to eight months ago, I I had to find the person to scan my shit. Yeah, I didn't even see anybody standing around, so I don't know. And nobody nobody stopped me. They're just like, okay. Their security system, I guess, is we assume people will get one concession. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. They'll be forced to interact with an usher or a person or a whatever. Also, there's a bar. Like the like, if a bunch of people just like came in to like see something unannounced, somebody at the like the the bar thing would notice. So sure right, the jig would be up for, you know, after like the 18th person. <laughs> well, it's it's fine as long as you find a seat that isn't reserved. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like you could theoretically be. Yeah, it's, this is not a foolproof criminal plan. Here. You just gotta, you just gotta look at the map before you go. You and I, don't, I don't know if they tell you what screen the movie's playing on until you actually buy the ticket. But that would be another thing: is you'd need a, a ticket to assign it. Yeah, but you can get in the door no problem without, uh, without yeah, you know. yeah. But don't do that. We, we love the imaging theater and the popcorn. And you want to protect them as a natural resource. <laughs> they have very comfortable seats. Yes. Almost thanks. almost too comfortable. Movies will only get yeah. longer. We'll be like that. The Scorsese yeah. and his four-hour magnum opus. <laughs> He's getting ready for the movie. five-hour movie. Yeah. Um, but I, just, but I, I saw the uh, 1978 Superman. Beforehand, they showed the Blue Beetle trailer. They showed Oi. the Flash trailer. Oi! And then they had a ad for Coca Cola, and then they had a. It was not quite as short, but it was like an advertisement for the Looney Tunes cartoon where they're all dressed up as Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. 
And then uh, they did the Warner Brothers 100 Years uh, trailer. Before we... Did you have anything else uh, to add there, Brett? No, James Gunn. Yeah, I wanted to get your verdict. Uh, What do you think is going to happen with The Flash? you think it's going to bomb or it's going to be a big, roaring success? I think that people are going to have a violent reaction what happens to Michael Keaton Batman and for at least a five to eight year period will be more hated than the fourth Indiana Jones movie mm. that's that's gonna be hard for me until the fifth Indiana Jones comes up right yes the fourth Indiana Jones movie and the, the Flash might be saved by people's violent reaction to Indiana Jones mm. but the, the, it's gonna be a hard week for us 30 year old boys mm. okay well with the last film in our focus on movies from our youth this year, we are talking about The Sandlot, from 93. I watched the uh, the 20th anniversary Blu-ray, and it comes with its own set of trading cards, 20th anniversary trading cards, which I have not opened yet, because <laughs> I know better, right, Zolly? Well, yeah, you know. I'm sure these are worth quite a bit. I don't. You should never open your physical evaluating to... Mm-hmm. Are you finding any, any of those new Batman toys unpegged or what? Uh, I'm my, between my my comic job and my my editing. I am hunting Batman toys uh, all day and all night. But mm-hmm. oh, you mean like oh, I thought you were asking. No, uh, continue. With the... Well, it brings up a point. Obviously, this is a baseball movie and a heck of a baseball movie, but they don't really. T- deal with trading cards so much in this movie no no it's not no. a big focus it, it should come with the baseball it should come inside the baseball yeah it well i mean go. technically it kind of does because it's yes yes <laughs> the it's the good. slip cover is a baseball and it comes with the normal the, normal the basically the repackaged uh yes smart release you know now hopefully disney makes a 4k version yeah uh yeah because this was a 20th century film Disney bought 20th Century Fox. Um, yeah, they they probably should. You know, it's become a cult film. It's not just a kids movie. It's not just something that people love for nostalgia. I mean, we've played it at the old Up Down proper uh, for Midnight Madness. We played it as a midnight a couple of times. Did pretty well. It's been so long since I've seen it. Uh, I, I had the uh, the clamshell VHS growing up, and kind of yeah. <laughs> I I almost uh, wore that out, although over the past say fifteen years, I really I haven't really watched it, except for bits and pieces here and there on cable or at the theater. But yeah, what uh, what are your guys' experience with Sandlot growing up as a young child? Let's start with uh, Zolly. Well, you know, I saw it theatrically, um, and at the time when I saw it theatrically, I was like eight years old, and my initial opinion was that besides the Star Wars trilogy. This is the finest movie that James Will Jones is in. <laughs> um, Until Meteor Man the next year. Yeah, at least to Meteor Man, yeah. Meteor Man, <laughs> Meteor Man and then, you know, Lion King. Dr. Strangelove? And Dr. Well, Strangelove is, <laughs> an eight-year-old is boring. It's boring. But uh, Santa <laughs> is, is probably the best movie about baseball. I mean, like, from a youth perspective, I suppose. Because, like, everything else is, like, about, you know, the nostalgia from, like, the adult eye. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know if it was just, but in 91, 92, 93, 
you know, there's a huge MLB baseball card push to, you know, get kids addicted to the great American pastime. Um, you know, there's so many child baseball movies, you know, Rookie of the Year. Um, yep. Angels in the Outfield. Was the, good, was the good one. Little yeah. Big League is the Little best of it. Yeah. Well, Little Big League is, is also good. Is also really good. They but, timed it really well because it all came out during the strike year. Yeah. Except for the Sandlot. They had the foresight to come out the year before. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was uh, big into baseball cards as a young lad. I got the complete box set from 1990. I think it's the, the tops one. Maybe it's upper deck. I think it's tops. But um, I had a lot of them. You know, you used to get the Beckett's like once every three, four months. See how our stocks were doing. This card went from 55 cents to 65 cents. I think my most valuable card was probably like 15 bucks. Never really got much out of it. But um, did you collect baseball cards when you were young, Zolly? I was forced to, like, you know, by peer pressure and groupthink. Strictly from like that, like, I had no rhyme or reason to it. Like, I knew that Ken Griffey Jr. was good. I knew that you know the twins, the local team, and everyone on them was good. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like you know, you know, rookie card, whatever. It doesn't matter. No idea. And they were all stored terribly, and they're all gone now. Um, but it doesn't matter. They were all you know, you know, ninety one, ninety two tops. You know, shit from Shingers. So they weren't. They weren't going to be anything good. And if I did have anything good, it, it really doesn't matter. Right. What about you, Brett? I saw it in the theater, the Sandlot. It was probably perfect timing because this is around the time I started getting into baseball, both watching it and playing it. Uh, Mulder's over here, literally dying on it. Like, oh, the, the Admiral Oswald thing, accidentally? Holy shit, dude. I don't know if we can carry on without our fearless like leader. The beginning but... of like a, like, like, like the, one, the one movie. Just the, uh, the maker's mark went down the uh, run. Wrong pipe. I hate that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Sandlot came out around the time I was. I was really starting to get into to watching baseball and uh, getting into organized baseball. I forget if it was still T-ball at that time, or maybe it was coach's pitch or something. T-ball is baseball. It's baseball for you know children. It's it's fine. But uh, anyone who's played T-ball has played baseball. Yeah. So it was it was a really good timing for this, uh, as far as my uh, interest in baseball. So I definitely had to go see it in the theater. I I can't remember. Maybe we rented it once or twice. We never owned it. I never like taped it off a of TV or anything like that. So I honestly can't remember if I've seen it since I was a kid. Uh, so this is probably the first time I'd watched it in oh, sure. close to thirty years. <laughs> so. Uh, it's been a long time, but uh, yeah, I uh, definitely was into it as a kid. Yeah, I think it uh, definitely holds up. I liked it even more than I thought I would. It wasn't. It was more than just nostalgia for me. See, Back I wonder to... if it. Uh, if not to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt. <laughs> 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 but I. I was thinking when I was when I was putting my review on Letterboxd last night, I was thinking, would this hold up for kids today? Like, do kids even give a shit about baseball or like playing in the neighborhood? Like, does this relate at all to today's they, youth? They, they have to make it with an all-girl cast. 
Is there a sequel like that? There might that might that might, know, might already fast, fast pitch softball. But I don't think they're like like culturally culturally you know scaffolding type shit. I think it's they're, they're earnest DTV sequels that are unwatchably terrible children's movies. Now <laughs> I'm looking up the guy who made the original scene. That was like I'm forgetting his name. He's uh, I, he's one of those uh, three I, name names. Three guys and like. Mickey something. I'll we'll get not, to the details shortly. He, he's he's known for oh shit. He, yeah, okay, well. He made at least one sequel to the Sandlot. So you know, if he's out there listening right now, you know, I'm sorry that I I said Well, he also had a hand in Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. from 09. Well, okay. <laughs> what I said about the quality, So he's a real piece of shit. What I, yeah, what I, I'm looking at a lot of it, and there's like 53 sequels to Beethoven. Like these, yeah. these, these are, yeah, it's okay. These are horrible DTV children's movies, and it seemingly got very lucky with Sandlot. He is an immortal, enduring classic that children and and supposed parents of future children could theoretically enjoy. Sure. Unlike Beethoven's 16th or whatever. <laughs> And, no one will fucking watch. <laughs> uh, Dave and Mickey Evans is his name, the director. Yes. And he also directed uh, the uh, first kid. Was this follow up to this? First kid is a good movie, actually. With uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brock Pierce. Oof. <laughs> the cautionary Brock tale, Pierce. if there ever was one. Sinbad. Yep. Is, Sinbad. Is Sinbad. Yeah, it's not on Disney Plus. It's not on Disney Plus. They got to erase. They can't be associated with Brock Pierce. Well, because it has that assassination subplot. Where, like, I want to shoot a child, <laughs> shoot the president's kid. <laughs> it's like it's dark. It's not something they'd have. It's that. like Looper. <laughs> yes, it's very dark. It's like his comedy hit was very weird and, and not. It had, it experimented with did bulletproof and you had Metro and you had first kid. Yeah, I see Benson's on the the poster for it. <laughs> he also directed Beethoven's third and fourth, and then Barely Legal, Wilder Days, Sandlot 2, something called The Final Season, then the Ace Ventura Jr. Ace Ventura Jr. Oh my god. That's ah! Yeah. Ah! That's ah! Mm. ah! He's co-directing some sort of a sequel about Sandlot called O Squints 3. That's good. It's got to be some three. sort of, I don't know, it's got to be something with the Sandlot. Well, how Squints made the lifeguard? Maybe it's O Squints the third. For all I know, you know, I don't even know, I don't know nothing about Sandlot 2. You think I'd seek them out because like I saw Aladdin number two, but uh, Turn of Jafar? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the threat is real right there. <laughs> but um, Sandlot 2 was made like 10 years after Sandlot Yeah, Not like it's going to have the child cast or anyone. That that O Squints 3, the entire cast, except for the guy that plays Yeah Yeah, appears to be Chinese. Mm-hmm. Including, there's a guy named Andy Chen who plays Squints, which sounds racist. Exactly. <laughs> I think I have that in my notes too. Just like your tweet from uh, yesterday or the day before about how Squints uh, <laughs> looks exactly like Steve O. 
<laughs> Vince looks exactly like Steve O. I actually I... double take to make sure that Squins didn't grow up to be Steve O. No, because you know, Carrie yeah. Russell in movies before sure. she became Carrie. Well, but all I knew, the Jackass people were all Musketeers, and that's how they ended up that way. Yeah. I I couldn't believe the resemblance. Like the I kept like having to to look at him. Like, is that he looks just like Steve O. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I said, it fooled me in the moment. Like, wow. Uh I was just gonna mention earlier that we talked about the the nostalgia factor, which I, I do think plays a small role. It's a movie from when we were kids, but you know, this film takes place in the sixties. So it's not, you know, relevant to the time it came out culturally with eight-year-olds and whatnot so i think that helps it kind of transcend uh nostalgia and kind of helps it hold up yes it's timeless it's timeless because they don't they don't use cars you don't see cars being used yeah the only real hint of like the area is like uh the fourth of july celebration it's baseball and it's boys being boys boys being boys yeah yeah a little surprised they didn't have a, a tomboyish girl as part of the crew. They they didn't have those ideas till later. It's like little giants and mighty ducks. And... Later. Yeah, I know. Well, they <laughs> wanted to... well, baseball. There's no like baseball is completely like unisex, I guess. Right? I mean, so for... there is no there is no women's league. No. Well, uh, yeah. No. Softball, but women. Yeah, it's not yeah softball. I mean, they had, they had a league of their own in the 40s, and then it ended. Yeah, and then and I think the reason why there's no girls is because the league of their own is so close in time to Sandlot. Mm. But that's, that's the thing they do in Hollywood. Anytime they have a youth sports team or league, they always got to put some girls oh, in there. Oh, and it's like, I don't know what city you're all living in, but I never had girls on my youth sports teams. Because they're written by, you know, you pampered, you know, Housebound Jewish people like me that don't <laughs> do sports. So like every you know, of course there's a girl on the baseball team. We don't think that you know, you don't think about it. Yeah. But you know, like it's like the people have their Southern California you know values, and they just assume that you know people in Butte, Montana are the same. But not in the Sandlot. They <laughs> yeah, that, the Sandlot is for the boys. It's, it's probably you know. A lot of it is probably based on Stand By Me and stuff, like the narration stuff. But yeah, um, I, was, I was thinking that, and then uh, the Wonder Years. I was reminded years. of with the voiceover. Sure. Yeah. No. No Daniel Stern, but he's o- he's okay. <laughs> and this is the most normal Dennis Leary you'll ever get in a movie. Yeah, it's so miscast. Yeah, it's I was gonna uh, say he's kind of an asshole, but uh, not on purpose. Him. I wouldn't say he's bad, but. So why we, cast Dennis Leary for this? We, yeah, we, the asshole vibe we get is not like his character's vibe. It's because it's, it's Dennis Leary is 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 yet. But like they should have cast someone like uh, well, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but uh, it's the most normal you see him outside of the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't know. You don't unless you're watching a lot of MTV at the time. You don't know who Dennis Leary is. Right. So but when you're older, you're thinking. Oh, cool, Dennis Leary. He's going to have a few funny jokes in here. Nope. No. But uh, let's get to the rest of the cast. Now, this is out of order, but who cares? Um, Art Lafleur played the babe in the dream that Benny yes. has. 
Tom Geary is Scotty Smalls, the main character. Mike Vitter Vitar played Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, Benny the Jet. Benny the Jet. Patrick Renna plays Hamilton Ham Porter. That kid was in so much stuff back then. Yeah. The red-haired kid with freckles. He was chubby. He yeah, was real fat for the time. Mm-hmm. Now he's just like average. But uh, back then he was the fat kid and everything. He did the... Was he in Little Giants? I, I want to say he yeah. was in Little Giants. No, he, the green. The green. He was in the Big Green. green. Is he in heavy, he's in heavyweights, right? Yes. They had all the, the heavy kids in there. <laughs> and Goldberg from uh, Mighty Ducks was in there, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then you know, he got skinny because he went on meth, but uh, he's all clean now, I think. I think he's been clean for a few years. Goldberg? Well, he'll, he'll gain it back. <laughs> he'll gain it back. I'm just looking up to see if, if, he, if he looks the same. I don't know. I don't know. Chauncey Leopardi played Squints. Michael Paladoris. He, he did not grow up to be Steve-O. Which, a uh, fun fact. Here's a fun fact. The real guy sued the director Whoa. for portrayal. The real guy? What do you mean, the real guy? The real guy who The real Jones. deal guy, Michael Polydorus, sued 20th Century Fox and the producers for defamation. You can't erase my face from my photo of the babe. He was a childhood friend of the director, David Mickey Evans. Uh, he claimed uh, Squint's it's derogatory and caused him shame and oh, humiliation. Shit. Even though he's like the coolest kid in the movie outside of <laughs> Benny. Uh, the trial. He nine kids. He grew up with nine it, kids. It, 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 this isn't, isn't the guy who. This is. he. The, you're saying the the director's friend, whom the mm-hmm. comic relief Squint's character is based on, who's, yep. who's confirmed to be cool in the script. The coolest of all of them. <laughs> yeah. Not the, the fake baseball kid. Well. If you're looking with 2020 glasses, he's a you know he's a sex offender. He's but... a victim. He's a victim because yeah, he's, he's a, a child victim of, of the lifeguard. He's, he's <laughs> well, like I thought you were talking about the guy who James Earl Jones was supposed to be, but no, no this, is, this is you're saying the guy who you know, childhood friend and director has like a freak out. And he's like, I want money because yeah, <laughs> he even has the same name, Michael Polydoros, well, just slightly. That's I guess changed. that's. That's that's maybe he shouldn't have done that, but like you waited too long. You can't you can't do the the all of your, the Olivia Hussey thing and be like I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you can't wait like 40, 50 years, but and and like nobody's gonna know that it's based on a real expense. Yeah, nobody's the, ever gonna no, know or think that. Yeah, the they're last... not gonna advertise it as based on a true story, right? Yeah. Paladoris is yeah. uh his last name is spelled differently, but. You know, he's a childhood friend of the director, and uh, but the trial court found in favor of the filmmakers. It was well, affirmed by the California Court of Appeals. And after initially agreeing to review the case in 98, the Supreme Court of California reversed its decision, dismissing the review and reinstating the Court of Appeals opinion in favor of 20th Century Fox. So, Didn't that guy read the disclaimer in the credits that say, that these oh, characters yeah. are not based on real people. All parts fictitious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he took it to heart or like a midlife crisis or something. No matter how similar, these are not based on real people. It'd be like if somebody's like, I'm the real Ralphie. <laughs> the Christmas story. And I feel 
personally attacked. What's well, so funny? They even have to put that disclaimer on biopics, even ones that are critically hailed as being very accurate or something, or it's even really ones you know that the family's on board with, like the new Elvis. You know, I'm sure there's a yeah. disclaimer at the end. All parts fictitious. Yeah, Any resemblance to? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think they modify it a little bit for those. Like they say, it's like even though it's based on actual events, some events and things have been fictionalized. Blah blah blah. Mm. Now, mind you, that that doesn't protect them from any. Like they could still be sued, I guess. Because if if yeah yeah, it's like when you send the waiver before going into surgery. Like yeah, I'm pretty it's, sure it's you can still sue yeah. when they kill you. If they yeah. yeah, if they if they fuck you up, you can uh, absolutely despite you can I know that's horrible to say, but but it, it, I guess consent only exists in the moment and you can like re examine it and then you can shit on someone if you have to. But mm-hmm. if you don't click I agree I'm not gonna <laughs> use the scope. You didn't read the service agreements? You, you, you have to click agree no matter what. It won't read. It won't read. I see you keep on posting pictures of notifications you've been getting from Twitter and Facebook about limited access to certain features. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I blow through them. It's really weird. I get these warnings. Like I can't (laughs) add more people or more people. It it doesn't work. Somehow I have a super Twitter account. Like I have a dev account or something. I might actually have a dev account mm. as an experiment to see the damage I could do. <laughs> but I, I can see, like like David Sandberg from oh, the Shazam guy, he blocked me. I can still see his posts. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So yeah. it's not just by association you uh, follow so people I, who also follow him? Like I'm, it's someone's guiding my, my movements, Quantum Leap style. <laughs> All right, continue with the cast. Marty York played Alan Yaya McLennan. It's a strange last name for a supposed to be like an obvious Guido kid there in the in the Sandlot, I thought. Yeah, the names are weird. Uh Brandon Quinton Adams played Kenny De Nunez. You look Grant- familiar. What else was he in? Seeing the Mighty Ducks. He's in the people under the stairs and Mighty Ducks. He was Jesse Hall in Mighty Ducks. And the, the pilot for Darkman. Oh. Yeah, he's the kid who, who uh, spray paints shit. And like Hey, he's even he's even in uh, Moonwalker. He's a truly great you can't get <laughs> Moonwalker in America. You gotta import it from the UK or Japan. Mm. Was he uh was he Juicy Smollett's brother in Mighty Ducks? Yeah. Did Juicy uh show up in the second one? Is that what it was? I can't remember. No, Juicy was in the first one. He, okay. he just was kind of like the the brother that was just there. I think this this guy, uh, Brandon Quentin Adams, he's the one that calls the uh, I forget the kid's name. He calls the kid from Edina a cake eater. Wait, uh, Brock Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what they are over there in Edina, cake eaters. Cake eater. And we're Brett Hales from Maplewood. I'm I'm not from Maplewood. Isn't that where you went to school? No. Where'd you go to school? Woodbury. Woodbury, that's what I meant. Sorry, not Maplewood. Woodbury. Woodbury has the cake. (laughs) Got my wood crust. You you what? Got my wood crust. Crazy. Mixed up. (laughs) My wood towns. Um, 
Grant Geld played Bertram Grover Weeks. Thought it was Meeks, but it's Weeks, I guess. Uh, Shane Obedensky is Tommy Repeat Timmons. Victor Damadia played his brother Timmy. Dennis Leary is Bill Smalls' is father. Karen Allen played the mother. Bill was his stepfather. We should clarify. Right. Well, Good. dad, uh, Bill, uh, Bill, sorry, Bill, dad, uh, dad uh, uh, James Earl Jones plays Mr. Myrtle. Marley Shelton as Wendy Peppercorn. Herb Mueller as young Mr. Myrtle. Let's see anything else of note? Does it say who played the older Scotty? Yeah, that's uh, that's Arliss Howard. That's Private Cowboy from Full Metal Jacket. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the director was the narrator, David Mickey Evans. Yeah, that's it. It was weird, yeah, that they even had a Harless Howard for this role. Well, and then he didn't narrate it. Yes, yeah. that's, that's weird. Like, he, yeah, um, they, they, he didn't. Maybe they didn't have a narr- He didn't have a Wonders Years type voice in it. Mm-hmm. The director's like, I'll just do it myself. But then they had him calling the game at the end, so like you hear his voice anyways. It was close yeah. enough, I guess, to not be noticeable, but. With that stupid strange. hat on still. Well, that fucking fishing hat with the world's <laughs> biggest brim on it. Sure that he's the same guy. <laughs> still the same. Why would he wear that hat? Why would he wear the one that uh, Benny gave him? Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe they didn't decide Benny gave him the hat until after they filmed that scene. Probably. Because Benny's yeah. on the like, Oh, it worked so much better. Then it, <laughs> then it should have been like weird. Throw it in the fireplace. Burnt it. That guy definitely would have thrown it in the fireplace because he would have done anything Benny said. Yeah. Anything. It's maybe burnt it because Benny fucked his wife. <laughs> well, you know. Benny stole home and then he banged my wife. Well, I mean, like, it, it took shit too far. Like, I, I became his own personal Bob Costas. It's weird. Um, so yeah, that, that's how the film starts with Arliss Howard showing up to his job at the ballpark as the but, commentator. But you don't know it's, it's him from the future. Correct. You do, you hear the narration. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, you go back in time to, was it 63? Well, he first talks about 1932 when Babe Ruth yeah. called his shot and became mm-hmm. a legend. There's, there's some like movie technique terms describe openings like that. Like, and I forget what it is, but it's like to disorient the viewer with facts. Mm. Superman, the movie opens the same way, like in 1932, the Daily Planet, blah, 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 blah. And you just, there's like a countdown and you forget where you are. But then yeah. some sort of word, there's like a French term. It's, it's very smart that they did that because it makes the whole Babe Ruth thing seem magical to people who don't give a shit about Babe Ruth. Yeah, it's a good introduction. The people who don't know who the great Bambino is. The great Bambino. There's yeah, some lady like, named Ruth. You know, we got to assume that the child audience, you know, and I, did I know about Baby Ruth when I first saw Santa? I don't know. What, or did I like, just think I always knew because of the Santa? I don't know. Hmm. Good question. Chicken there, like there was like a, yeah, there's a Babe Ruth, John Goodman movie nearly simultaneously, but like, I remember um, that. I, I remember seeing yeah. it on TV. It was a TV movie on ABC, maybe. Yeah. What if What if Babe Ruth 
what if Babe Ruth never existed before, uh, you know, 1982? <laughs> <laughs> now you're not allowed to celebrate Babe Ruth because you didn't play with African Americans. And he was a racist, and he was a, a woman abuser. Well, I mean, I grew up thinking that Babe Ruth. I, I, when I was told baseball facts, I was told that Babe Ruth was was either black in part or or half, hmm. and that's why he was like you know hated. That's why he was so much better than everybody else. Well, I mean, like I, I had no idea. Like I, first he's black, now he's racist. Something you know, I have no idea. I, the, the the myth of Babe Ruth is is constantly changing. But I mean, I, I, for my personal, you know, 100 years later looking at him, I, I think that he and J. Edgar Hoover were, are, are black, partially. <laughs> I mean, the, the case is more than can be made that that is correct. I just remember hearing that a special rule for Babe Ruth where like he would just go up there and hit and then he had to run to first base and then they would just have somebody pick up from there for him. I mean, for all we know, all that shit can be manufactured for the newsreels to make people feel good. I mean, I don't know. That's true. I mean, I mean, none of that, that stuff was televised in the He'd call his thing and he'd do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, could be made up. I mean... I have no idea what baseball games or any sporting event was like before TV or or live documentation of the event. Sure. Well, even like a lot of sports were tape delayed until the 90s. Yeah, like, I mean. Like the World Series used to run, uh, they, they'd play the games during the daytime and then they'd show them at night. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And there's like no widespread internet so people couldn't like spoil the, the game, I guess. No, right. no, mind you, I'm not saying that the New York Yankees in the 30s was a hoax, but I just question. Well, I was confused at the end. I don't know if I missed something or when they're talking to Mr. Myrtle and, you know, he's kind of doing kind of a douchey thing where he's like doing the casually name dropping like, oh, George. Oh, you mean George. George, the third. Yeah. <laughs> George, I know George. Well, and that's another another reason why I thought that James, not James Jones, that Babe Ruth is black because he knew James Earl Jones in the 30s. <laughs> well, that's what I was confused about because they kind of talk about like, well, maybe James Earl Jones would have broken all these records. And I'm like, yeah. Why? You didn't because you're black, right? And he's like, no, you know, he went blind. And I'm like, you couldn't play when Ruth played. <laughs> Jackie Robinson mean, played. Is the first game he played was in 1947 for the Dodgers. I mean, I know. I mean, I don't know that. Like, that's that's the factoid. But like, in in pretend baseball fantasy, like Ken Burns and all these guys worship. You know, there's no segregation. There's no nothing. People, you know, that X Files episode with. Uh, the baseball episode with, with the guy from the Flash and Law and Order. It's I don't like think that. I remember that one. It, it's like that. They have like this this field of dreams mentality that like these people weren't really real. They were like 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 angels. <laughs> they were like angels, and uh, so like I mean I didn't like I didn't even really realize that like yeah the sports thing was segregated to like fifth or sixth grade. I mean they sure. yeah they don't they don't go anything about the the fact that you know. James Earl Jones security would not be allowed. I mean, if he was, because the thing about Babe Ruth is he was passing as white, supposedly. Well, like the thing with, with James Earl Jones is, yeah, they, they, that now, I didn't even think about that until he said that. 
but yeah. They, well, as soon as he said it, like, uh, you know, what happened? Uh, I, I just immediately thought of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> well, yeah. Back in 1965, Sports Illustrated said I was going to be the next star on a Palmer. Yeah, what happened? They wouldn't let me play on the Pro Tour anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Because you're black? Hell no. Damn alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that could have been... That could have been in the Happy Gilmore because of the sandlot. Yeah. Because that was the effect of people who, who knew better. Like, look yeah. at this, you know, cheesecake shit movie history. Well, like, yeah, they have the key, whatever, the kid from People Under the Stairs. The the, the group of kids is, is mixed. There's right. no uh, there's no lady in white type drama or Stephen King type drama. It's just very, you know, we all love the consumer sport of baseball. Do you think uh, if they did this today, it would be considered woke because of that? Yeah, they, or... they say that, like, yeah, that they were they were the underdogs because they let a black kid on the team, and and um, the best player um, was the the uh, Latino Benny Rodriguez. Yes, yes, she's strong. <laughs> but they don't they don't draw attention to any of that stuff. It's just like that was the kids in the neighborhood. Well, like, yeah, in the in the nineties, like I think they wanted us all to be like identityless, uniform children. Right. Not like have insane identity based culture or whatever. Colorblind. Yeah, they, they, they wanted to pretend like we all we all were assigned cubbies and colors and that was it. It didn't have anything to do with ethnicity. You know, what well, what kind of food do Chinese people like? What kind of food do Italian people like? You know, shit <laughs> like that. Not not, you know, pansexual ethnography. Or in this in this case, uh, what food do the the fat kids like with the s'mores and the hot dogs? <laughs> Ham just constantly filling his gullet. Well, they they say that's ableist now. Yeah, <laughs> it's ableist. Uh, he was he was body positive before body positive was fashionable. Mm-hmm. Well, so was Babe Ruth. He was the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's not a it's not a base. He 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 his his he had a baseball physique. It's okay. Man, baseball players get pissed if you say they're not athletes. But then you got guys looking like Babe Ruth out there, and like he's the best of all time. Well, I mean, they only do short amounts of like running. You think about it, baseball shouldn't be that hard. And uh, it's true, yeah. Like the real deal, baseball players. Most of them will always tell you that the best athlete on the field is the pitcher. Yeah, because they have to throw the thing for like twelve yeah. hours. You see well, all Bert these badass says pitchers. Burt Blylevin yeah. says that, and he's full of shit. No, I have I have friends that are pretty good at baseball. You know, play college, little league, or uh, minor league stuff, and I always give them shit too. When I see CC Sabathia on the mound. Like, oh, best athlete on the field, huh? Bartolo Colon pitched till he was forty-eight, and he yep. weighed three hundred twenty pounds. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you're super huge, like football huge, it's harder for them to like get you when you run on the thing and you score the the home run. Mm-hmm. You can just run through the guys. Yeah, not anymore. Well, yeah, they outlawed that. But you can't oh. run oh, oh, catcher okay. anymore. And there's there's no reason to to pack on the mass, I guess. Mm-hmm. Unless you want like huge arms. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, if you steal it for huge arms, they'll they'll pay for it later. We all know the center fielder's got to be the center fielder or shortstop's got to be the most athletic player they, on the they, team. They grab the, they catch the whatever. Yeah, if you catch the whatever, the ball. 
<laughs> if he catches the ball, it's it's hard because the ball is always going somewhere. But like, I don't know. Nope. I guess it's, it's, yeah, you go. Sorry. They're the most distance to cover. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. you got to be a good athlete. Uh, if if you play first base, I mean, you, you don't have to be an athlete. I mean that's that's the big person spot on the diamond is first base, sometimes catcher, but catcher, you still gotta be nimble. You can be husky, but they stick the, the fatties at DH or at first base. If you're the catcher, you can just check out, assuming that you have enough uh you know stuff on you to protect you from getting hit. Yeah, it also it kills yeah. your knees to kind of bend over and stay like I mean, that. It, it is a stress position. I mean, all these things are bad for you for 20, 30 years down the line. Yeah. Well, they got, they got knee savers now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're totally isolated from the back and, and dampening, then you could be fine. But I don't know. Do they switch out catchers with each guy, or is it the same catcher all day? It's the same catcher it's, the whole game, unless yeah. there's a sub or oh, something. Yeah. But oh, yeah. they so generally, yeah. almost like pitchers, they get a break. Not as much as like starting pitchers. You know, a starting pitcher will, you know, pitch once every five games. But usually, uh, like the best catcher on the team will only play two out of three games. They'll give him a break every two, three games. Are you famous oh. if you're a catcher or no? You Are can you be. If you're Joe Mauer enough. started as a catcher. Okay, because if they if your shit's covered and no one sees you, it's it's hard for hardly any pussy. And they famously moved him out of uh, catcher into the uh, infield to um, get more at, at bats out of him because they didn't want to. Sit him every, you know, third day. You know, he played DH sometimes when he was not playing catcher. But no, no mind you, I have no baseball aptitude. So like, they would also uh, lengthen your career because you have a lot of knee problems, and you know, it's it's a very it's hard on your body to be a catcher. I guess take that punishment. Well, because you you're on your knees for like eight hours. Well, you're in a crouch. You're <laughs> yeah, crouching. Yeah, yeah. crouched and kneeling for eight hours. Yeah, and Joe Mauer's like six four, so it's like. When yeah. you're that tall and you're crouching down for you know three hours every day, and you probably get like you know hit by like a really hard pitch every once in a while that mm-hmm. can probably kill you, even with all the shit on. So like it's it's probably it sucks. He throws the ball you know almost as much as the pitchers do. It's the ones that aren't hit, he's got to throw it back to the pitcher, and he doesn't get a relief catcher in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. So he's sitting there throwing it back for three hours. Well, you know, hour and a half. Since the half innings, he's not. But. You know, pitchers used to throw complete games all the time. Nobody gave a shit about pitch counts, and now it's everybody cares about pitch counts. But then, like, you throw like twenty warm up pitches after every inning, or at the beginning of every inning, and it's like, I don't know. Anyways, now they have a they have a pitch clock. I've heard is mm-hmm. what they they've brought in twenty five seconds. I think sped up the game. I saw in the news that it reduced the average game time by 30 minutes. Yeah, I think it was like 28 minutes. Which is fucking insane. Well, mm-hmm. they, they sell more advertising that way. Yeah. <laughs> the goal. Let's try and breeze through the plot a little bit since we got the clips and uh, kind of hit the main talking points. Anything you want to talk about before we get into kind of the introduction of the characters? You know, Smalls is new to the neighborhood. He just moved there with his uh, mom and stepdad, Bill. Uh, his dad died when he was very young, so he's kind of alone. He doesn't have any friends. Alone in the world. So two weeks two weeks before the end of fifth grade, they moved to yeah. town, so he doesn't have time to make friends before summertime. Mm-hmm. I want to point out on the narration, 
he builds up this that's the summer that Benny got us into the biggest pickle you've ever seen. And he says it about five times before they finally get to it in the last 30 minutes yeah. of the movie. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, the plot of the action movie does not develop until an hour in. He's just like, he's bringing it up. And that was the summer that we got into the biggest pickle ever. <laughs> like, well, when are you going to talk about that? We'll get to it. But first, I got to <laughs> tell you about the time we chewed tobacco at the the carnival and threw up on the, on the ride. The chaw. <laughs> we can talk about him making an ass out of himself the first time at the Sandlot, kind Don't of running away in shame. Don't be a goofus. Don't be a goofus. <laughs> Don't be a goofus. Well, it's, it's hard making new friends. Yeah? He was so creepy. He's hiding behind the bushes in the outfield and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we can't throw. It didn't help that his parents decided to move him to a pink house. <laughs> Just the icing on the loser kid cake. Yeah. I mean, uh, he he's lucky nobody thought he was gay. <laughs> yeah. Although, okay, that brings up a question. We'll get to the clip later, but the L7 weenie, was that like an early 90s equivalent of, you know how, like, obviously the big F-bomb was a popular term in the 80s, 80s films but um was l7 weenie is that kind of similar to like uh you know they say gay like a like a football bat or um a three dollar bill l7 i i had to think about this because i've heard it before it's a square, l7 right? means square yeah that's what i figured out because i wrote it down i was like god what does l7 mean <laughs> but you know squints he does the square thing and i'm thinking you know if you put an l together with a seven it does look like a square so yeah so it's like a square weenie you know that kind of made me think like football bat you know like something doesn't make sense well i i don't know if they're necessarily tied together he's calling him an l7 and a weenie and then like he goes on and calls him like oscar meyer dodger dog and a whole bunch of other shit the big wiener yeah Yeah. but you know loving revelry yeah, of you. Kids just calling each other dicks and whatnot, but I just wasn't sure if that was well, like yeah, a term a that you guys knew about that I didn't. Well, the L seven. Yeah, but like as kids, we'd also say you know every curse word. We yeah. forget that like kids yeah. can't depict honest child talk. And the there's some curse words in here which I enjoyed. There's bitching, say shit, stuff yeah, like it's, that. It's, people weren't like as afraid of the word. The fuck was still kind of off limits. Yeah. So like, uh, I think you had unlimited shits as long as it wasn't like vulgar, like, like shit as like a placeholder word, not to describe sure. something you know grotesque. It definitely gives it more authenticity. I thought more so than your usual Disney fair of the nineties. I know it's not a Disney film, but well, it's the same mindset. It's PG, you know. I think we could probably get to our first clip. This is uh, outside the the drugstore. The, you know, a drugstore is in like a '60s drugstore where they had everything. Drugstore, including a cigar bubble gum, candy cigarettes. I never had the cigar bubble gum like uh, Ham has when he's doing the Bambino impression. I'm a chocolate uh, cigars. Hmm. I I had the candy cigarettes, Big League Chew, maybe once in a while. You know, you get baseball cards with it, but. The big league chew, I didn't even realize it was supposed to be tobacco. Yeah, I wasn't 
It was just shredded bubble gum for. I I think I I probably figured out around the time of this movie. Oh, yeah, it's big. It's like oh, that's a big league chew, just like the you know the big leaguers they chew during the game and supposed to spit out, but I wouldn't spit out that juice, that sugary juice. (laughs) Wouldn't dare. (laughs) But I wasn't huge into bubble gum. Bubble gum is fucking gross. I was always annoyed. I remember, I think the, one of the first gum gums I had was Juicy Fruit. And I started yeah. chewing. I was like, oh, this is really good. And then five seconds later, you know, the flavor is gone. And you're like, no, oh, no, what am horrible. I doing with this anymore? Candy is, it's worse, but it's better. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I remember having Big League Chew, but the problem is you'd always take too much of it. So you'd have this huge what of bubble gum in your mouth yeah because you're emulating the professionals yeah you're, you're copying the, the actual thing which is probably why they banned the shit out of it so i think this is the uh right outside the drugstore we find out about the great bambino great bambino i'm the great bambino about what do you say what were you born in a barn man yeah yeah what planet are you from but there was no way i could let them know you never heard of the sultan of swat the titan of terror the colossus of clout the colossus of clout the king of crash man so i lied oh yeah the great bambino of course i thought you said the great bambi that wimpy deer yeah I guess. Uh, sorry. Anyway, Scott, that's Timmy and Tommy Timmons. Mike Squints Pelladors. Alan McLennan, we call him Yeah Yeah. Bertram Grover Weeks. Kenny DeNunez. And Hamilton Porter. We call him Ham. Guys, this is Scott Smalls. Hi. Yeah, um, well. He's going to play with us because he makes nine. So now we got a whole team. We're wasting time. Let's go to the sound lot. So meet everyone. Everyone's doing their best big league impression, just spitting everywhere. Who would be the equivalent today? The kids would be like, you don't know this guy from 30 years ago? Probably Ken Griffey Jr. Would it something. be Ken Griffey? Yeah. Barry Bonds has the asterisk, so... Now, do kids play like unattended in the present current year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't yeah, think so. And if they do, it's probably not baseball. Yeah, it's like t- well, t- the whole thing about t-ball is they're tied to shit, so they'd be like tethered to something. <laughs> yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Although, you know, of course, the baseball isn't just as it's not as popular as it used to be, and especially even in the '90s, pretty big. They should make them um, do more steroids. Like bring them, bring back steroids. <laughs> steroid nuclear war. Can't juice the players, juice the balls, which they kind yeah, of did. The, but... Now they juice the balls. Well, everybody uh, throws 100 miles an hour now. And well, uh, it's it's home run or strikeout on every at-bat. They should take it further. It should be like the XFL of baseball. Although what killed baseball was the uh, 
I'll contend that it was the analytics math nerds came in and started putting everybody in the shift and uh, pitching to the scouting reports and the numbers and all that stuff and just took all the fun out of it. Well, they just outlawed the shift for this year. You can't shift anymore, which I I hated the fucking shift. I know, but I find it enraging because it's strategy, so... Just saying, oh, you can't strategize anymore. What is shifting? Can't play defense. So, oh. like, if a, a hitter, you know, they do some, the statistics and they say a guy's hitting 300. Okay, but over, you know, 60% of those hits are to left field, you know, or maybe even more. So they'll shift everyone kind of away from right field, especially in the infield. So they'll kind of shift everyone over. So if he hits it w- to the left, which he usually does, somebody will pick it up and throw it to first. Oh, okay. And then, like, so the really good hitters can hit against, you know, against the shift. They can, because they, that leaves big spots of the field open. So you can just hit it there if you push the ball the other way, like Joe Maurer could do. Does Joe Maurer still play? He does not. No. Tired. One thing Joe Maurer couldn't do is hit a home run at Target Field. Okay. (laughs) He, he finally found a sweet spot the last year at the Metrodome, and then at Target Field, the wall was 10 feet back farther, and he couldn't mm-hmm. make it over the fence at the new stadium. Well, he was so good at hitting, uh, you know, pushing the ball the other way. He wouldn't, he would barely ever pull the ball. And there was yeah, a he, time. Yeah, he started hitting the left center, and the, 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 the fence at the new stadium, he would get it right just barely over the fence. <laughs> yeah. And he finally figured it out the last year at the old stadium. And then the new stadium, that wall was 10 feet further back. So yep. he kept hitting it to the warning track and would mm-hmm. just fly out every time. And right before we uh, signed him to that big deal, you know, there was <laughs> speculation. You know, everyone wanted him, Yankees, Red Sox. And if he would have went to the Red Sox, that would have been perfect for him. He pushed every ball to the left. I mean, not all of them would go out, but they just bounce off the green monster and it's a double every time. Yeah. He would never fly out. He He would have had a... 400 career average if he went to the Red Sox. But anywho, let's quit talking about Minnesota legend Joe Maurer. Let's talk more about the Sandlot. I did want to mention um, Karen Allen and those smoky good looks. Yeah. By that, I mean, I mean, I always had a a thing for her ever since Raiders, but it does look like she smokes three packs a day. Yeah. She had that look. Yeah. Yeah. But attractive mother nonetheless. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think that uh, basically a couple minutes after this is when the L7 Weenie talk comes up, and that's our next clip. Because they bring him back to the Sandlot. He tries to redeem himself, but he can't throw, he can't catch, he can't do anything right. Yeah, they basically are arguing with Benny, like, we don't want him. We don't want this guy here. He is a loser. (laughs) They say this all with him right there, like, to his face. (laughs) (laughs) Like they might turn around, but it's like he still can clearly hear them. He's he's in the like they don't mask it at all. Yeah, he's like 20, 30 feet away, and these kids are loud. Yeah. He I don't he never really gains their respect, is it actually? Well, he does by the end, especially it's, when he hits that it, homer. Yeah, but I mean, like, he, no, he never really does. And then they find out that he hit the Babe Ruth ball, and then they're yeah. like, "You yeah, fucking I mean, idiot!" He never, <laughs> and he never he never makes it work. Because well, at the Babe Ruth ball, he's 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 exposed as a poser and a loser. Yeah. Right, because he still doesn't know who Babe Ruth is. Yeah. Yeah. 
He and never learned. That is the pickle. That is, that is <laughs> that's in you. The, the events, everything that happens in the movie does not constitute the pickle. Only the, 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 the ending is the pickle. Unless, of course, the whole baseball thing is the pickle or whatever. Like, oh, it's a pickle. Growing up is so hard. <laughs> I don't know. The pickle is literally Benny running from the dog. That's that's the 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 pickle that he's building up for the entire thing. It's literally a pickle. Yeah. yeah. In baseball terms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's uh, the next clip. Why'd you bring him, Benny? Because there's eight of us, and he makes nine. Yeah, yeah. So with my sister, but I didn't bring her. With nine guys, we got a whole team. Yeah, yeah. No. But Ellswinder we had a whole team. Ellswinder could catch and throw. Come on, Benny man. He, he ain't game. He's saw the way through. Yeah. You already fill up all the empty positions since Ellswinder moved to Arizona. Right, and now I get to rotate eight positions instead of seven. I need the practice, guys. You're the best on the team. You don't need any practice. No, you don't. You're the best, man. Come on, Benny man. The kid is... A L seven Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Meyer even. Foot long. Dodger dog. A Wayne. Laughing at yeah, you were like a duck. Kiki, but I'm I'm part of the game, right? Mm, yeah. Now how come he don't get to be? Because he's a geek, man. He can't geek. catch. Man, face up, you blockhead. It's funny because I didn't realize uh, until I think this viewing why they called yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, he repeats himself kind of like uh, Tommy and Timmy as well. I get, yeah. Okay, so which one's the the, the younger brother, Timmy? I mean, Tom, Tommy's the younger one. Okay. Tommy repeat Timmons is how he's in the credits. <laughs> that was a hilarious bit though that the the younger brother always repeated what the older brother said. <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what, and the old brother, you know, such a a, a nice, friendly older. Bro- he's like he's basically like John Cusack level older brother, like stand by me exactly. for not ridiculing his little brother for copying him. I mean, I grew up with two older brothers. If you're copying them, they're gonna give you shit, especially around other people. Yeah, so supportive. It didn't mention it well, once. I mean, he was alive though too. <laughs> wrong kid died yeah. Zoll you have uh, nope, siblings no, I'm child. I talked I about the burden of being <laughs> the burden the burden white man's burden white tell man's you burden. <laughs> I like to pretend I'm in the shining when I drink whiskey and say white man's burden what if we're not really here? What if, what if we're imagining it like Joe Turkle? <laughs> well, you know, you know, we'll be there. Uh, so uh, I think that also we have a few clips here that are kind of clustered together because I believe the next clip is Benny helping uh, Smalls learn the game here. Game of Teaching him a few things in the outfield. Yeah, because they're doing like drills or whatever. Benny's hitting the ball to different positions and telling them, you know, this one's coming to third, turn two. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then he says, uh, says Smalls, this is coming your way. He hits it over his head. Smalls misses it completely. And, uh, and then he refuses to even attempt to throw it in. <laughs> he, just walk, he runs it into second base and just hands <laughs> it to somebody. And uh, Benny's just like, fuck this kid, man. I'm going to fix him. It takes him like two seconds to to coach him up. But uh, it's an interesting clip, I think. You can't throw it, you know. No. I can't. I don't know how. Thanks for taking me here. But I think I better go. You think too much. How'd you get straight A's and shit, huh? No, I got a B once. Actually, it was an A minus. But it should have been a B. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. I mean, if you were having fun, you would have caught that ball. You ever have a paper out? I helped a guy once. Okay. Well, chuck it like you would throw a paper. When your arm gets here, just let go. Just let go. Steady. How do I catch it? Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. About time, Benny. My claws are going out of style. Here they are, Swiss. Shut up. I remember that uh, term back in the day. Clothes are going out of style. Yeah, it's, it's from that. It's from that movie. Oh, absolutely. That and you're killing me, Smalls, are the two the two catchphrases from that movie. Yeah. There's a T-shirt with you're killing me, Smalls, on it. But yeah, my clothes are going out of style is a good one. How many times does he say you're killing me, Smalls? Is it just in reference to the s'mores, or does no, he, he say it again later, later too? Because it make it would make more sense if it was uh, in reference to the Babe Ruth or something like that. That it would become a huge catchphrase from the movie. But uh, I, I'm certain he says it again. I know he says it at least twice in two okay. scenes. I like too in that clip. It's like he goes from uh, Smalls goes from I don't know how to throw the ball to like he's just fine throwing the ball. Like just based off of Benny's, if it's just like a paper route, just chuck it like a paper. Just uh, when your arm gets to here, let go, and that's all the coaching he needed. It's like he doesn't know how to throw things. <laughs> well, that's because Bill would never play catch with him. Yeah, the deadbeat dad, deadbeat stepdad. Sorry, mind you, this kid just finished fifth grade. And it's, uh, you know, they, like he never took a gym class. Yeah, they especially not in have, the 60s. That's all they, they not do have is, gym classes back then. You know, real yeah. shit back in the 60s. It presumes a lot. It presumes a lot didn't happen, which is unusual. <laughs> yeah, he sticks his arm out. And, of course, Benny just perfectly places the ball there. Yes. About 200, 250 feet. Because Benny is the best baseball player ever. Ever mm-hmm. the greatest, the once in future baseball player, and that for some reason makes all the kids think that Smalls can play. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they weren't amazed funny. that Benny could place it there. 
Well, yeah, and then uh, well, he still had to catch it, I guess, but still, <laughs> technically, he did it with his eyes closed. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, impressive. Uh, he uh, he manages to throw the ball into the infield. I like too. After this practice is where Benny Benny waits till he gets to to Smalls's house to give him the hat. And it's like, you had that shit all day and you had him wear that stupid fishing hat all day? Like, why didn't you give him the hat earlier? Yeah, it would have uh, given him the power of baseball. Sure, partially blocked his vision on those fly balls. Well, he he shouldn't have any sun in his eyes, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, the next next practice is when Hamilton hits the ball over the fence. That's the first... Introduction to the beast, other than the the mysterious shaking of the fence and uh, shadows and shit. Yep, yep. Chugga's dog. Because uh, the next clip collection of clips is about the s'mores, the killing me smalls, and the uh, the story of the beast, which is told in the treehouse, which is uh, perched high above the the sand lot. Yeah, it was it was weird. Like they so uh, small starts climbing the fence and everybody freaks out and then they tell him about the beast and he's like, What? And then I'll go, Camp out. <laughs> and then they're just in the treehouse all of a sudden. And uh yeah, that's where the, the next clips are from is their night in the treehouse. And uh Smalls finds out what a s'more is. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet. So how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. All right. These are s'more stuff. Okay, pay attention. First, you take the gram. You stick the chocolate on the gram. Then, you roast the mallow. No, it's my sleeping bag. When the mallow's flaming, you stick it on the chocolate. You set the place on then fire, Ham. You cover it with the other end. Here, make me one of those. Yeah, me too. Then you scuff. I don't like that chocolate. Kind of messy, so, but good. The Mallow. <laughs> I never called it a Mallow, but I did love me some s'mores when I was a kid. It's a good, it's a good combination. It seems kind of weird that you just throw that in there. Like, it has nothing to do with anything. But, like, this is how I learned what a s'mores was. Yeah, it's not It's not the pickle. No. Speaking of s'mores, I acquired these for free. Something Zolly would probably get into. Well, yeah, I'm trying to... What is that? Is that a Hershey's? I can't tell. No, it's... So is that the whole thing, or is that a... Just the chocolate. It is uh, 10 5 milligram squares of s'mores uh, chocolate. With grain crackers and shit? I haven't opened the package because I don't want to break the seal yet. Oh. So I'm not going to partake in those for a little while. But I acquired those. I was like, oh, s'mores. I'm excited to try those. So are you weaning yourself off of that stuff there, Zolly? Well, I mean, I only use it right before I go to sleep because mm. uh, I need to get maximum combat alertness. <laughs> it was Sean coming after you? 
No, no, I need to come after him. Well, he's going to be here in June. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to get my autograph. Are you going to Twin Cities Con? I'm going to chase him out. <laughs> great. Is that something you usually go to, that Twin Cities Con? No, I'm, all, I'm only going up to, to physically confront Sean Gunn. You can also say hi to Michael Rucker when you're there. He's a, he'll be there. He may be. I don't know. I think I think I saw he was announced on the guest list. I guess that's could... and that's his job. I mean, yeah, but like, I think that when the, the the going gets tough, people will abandon the guns to their fates because no one wants to be there when the lightning strikes. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's yeah. You know, <laughs> I love it on, on Twitter. It is so funny uh, when you're talking to somebody and. Somebody is so earnest in trying to combat what you're saying, and you say, "Nice try, Sean." And who's Sean? They get so angry. Oh, well, you know, Sean needs to watch Minority Report. <laughs> like my Sean rants are better. <laughs> it's better. Like most of my gifts are like an attempt to be like, "Don't ever say his name," because that's the game. And when he says, "Who's Sean?" Don't do that. What uh he's Sean Gunn all the time. Did he ever do anything by himself or was it all did he always kind of yeah, ride he, off of James, his brother's he, coattails? Well, he, he takes care of his brother and his disease. And, <laughs> and for that, I, I got, What disease that, is that? He has got the you know the, the well, I was just talking to one of my contacts inside trauma. And he says that James Gunn wasn't the only pedophile at trauma. Trauma is rife. Pedophiles, allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. Wow, and worse, yeah. But like, they're less. The the ratio to normal people to sex offenders of trauma is an inverted seven to three. <laughs> yeah, like it's mostly it's mostly degenerates, and uh, at trauma you don't say. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I thought trauma was good people. I, that's what yeah. I thought. But you know, I was wrong. Yeah, you know, how could they, you know, let this happen over the last 40 years? Well, I guess they did. But yeah, I mean, will I physically confront Sean Gunn at Princey's Comic Con? Will I really do it? I don't know. It depends on my work schedule. So, <laughs> um, usually, I think that Sean Gunn like, agrees with me because why else would he keep on doing it, making fake accounts? <laughs> and, and, and like, when, when I, you know, give it, when I, you know, I, I, each time, each each of my replies is different. I give him like a new, a new historical barb of deviance, sure. and and one of my goals is like, I want to be talking about James Gunn's pedophilia more than he did. So, like, if there's ever a mosaic of like James Gunn tweets, well, I'll be that. But uh, I think on some level. If Sean Gunn actually thought that I was going to beat the shit out of him at Twin Cities Counterpart, he would not show up because they'd be like, actually, uh, the kid's on the list and no one knows what you look like. They know what the raccoon looks like. They don't know what you look like, the mocap guy. So, you know, that, that's what having friends in high places is all about is institutional terror. Yeah, I, I really get kind of Ted Raimi vibes from him. Well, like Ted Raimi's yeah, Ted Raimi's a decent person. I don't want to compare 
I just meant like, you know, I just know Ted because of his brother, because his brother yes. puts him in everything, you know? Yes, he's very lucky. He's very lucky. That is Sean Gunn <laughs> in a nutshell. He, he was in the specials as the green guy, and he, he was mocap guy ever since. But the whole Gunn family, you know, looked like incestuous reprobates. Like, they look like they'd hold you down and do it to you. Well, this is a little disappointing to hear about um, trauma. Is uh, Lloyd Kaufman decent or no? Well, Lloyd Kaufman is, 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 is he, he takes lots of edibles. He is man defeated by the culture, hmm. defeated by history, and defeated by society. He's he's like he's like the dictator guy in the Star Trek episode Pettings of Force. He's asleep at the wheel. His movies don't get released. He makes them, but they can't get released because the whole business is in a shambles. I mean, they had this big deal at Star Wars Acre Bay for class of Newcomb High Part 4. Mm. And they fucked that up because they're, they're criminals. They, they commit crime. They had this deal with Astron 6 to make movies, and they, they couldn't help but fuck Astron 6. So now Astron 6 is successful. Their movies get released. Shakespeare Shitstorm was made like five years ago before Corona. It shows in like rinky-dink festivals, you know, for, for people who are paroled from from level three lockup or whatever. That, that's he gets to see Shakespeare Shitstorm. Maybe MVD will put it out on Blu-ray in the year 2027. But they, that, you know, the whole, we live for the theater. No, you fucking don't. You can't, you can't get a shit scene outside of South Africa. Yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of heard that he didn't treat everyone the best and that, you know, he didn't really give everyone their worth. Well, I mean, yeah, the, he's no choice for treating people shitty, but the empire he created is now has led to the ruination of the superheroes and the idea of the superhero. That's we we go from someone who's a contemporary of Stan Lee to someone who's who's destroyed everything that Stan Lee was, and that's it's very sad. Yeah, Red Kaufman has has allowed his legacy to become this terrible thing. It's 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 almost as if it's almost as if it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Look back in anger. Are they, are they still doing the Toxic Avenger remake? That all that shit is definitely just a lie because Dinklage. They, yeah, Peter Dinklage is in this. Is in remake of the Toxic Avenger. Really going to make it? I I think that's always just a lie because the the game is to say you have something in production, say you have something working, so people are interested. If if people really knew the actual trauma situation, and realize it was sort of like a, an actual cult, not like a Snyder cult, but like an actual cult of like uh, neo neo filmmaker people. They'd realize that there's nothing there. I mean, Full Moon makes shit. They have a channel. They they do things. Troma has a library. They have no future. They have no future. They have no ability to move forward. They're stagnant. And, and nobody will do business with them because of their... The crime shit, the allegations, the Julie Strain thing. I I didn't believe the Julie Strain thing, but looking back, the Julie Strain thing is one hundred percent right. Mm. You know the 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 cult of the cult of trauma is is based really on these EPK videos James Gunn made in the late nineties, where they presented the whole the trauma DVD video empire as like the greatest most fun thing, and this is all in tandem with early DVD culture. Which is, you know, a, a bastardization of laserdisc gangsterism of yore. And uh, every Trauma DVD had the exact same suite of extras, the same. 
you, you'd watch this like propaganda to like brainwash you. Now, mind you, did it brainwash me? No. Did it brainwash, you know, the horror community? Yeah, probably. I mean, it made people think that uh, they were watching rabid grannies the right way. <laughs> I'm uh, still holding out hope of a soundtrack for uh, the Toxic Avenger. There's a song on there, Body Talk, that I want, and I can't get it anywhere. Hey, it's not even on nowhere. It's a great song. And that's the theme for that movie. Is, is yeah. Body. Yeah. And it's it's not because probably because I mean I, I I I shudder to think about it, but what if I I probably think the original eighties Tron movies were probably like you know Bryanston Tear Productions and probably are probably illegal. Like if if <laughs> if they actually did like an investigation of you know title tracks and shit, hmm. they probably didn't pay. I, or I don't know. I could be speculating too a little bit. They used to have all their movies on YouTube, but I think they've taken them off. Yeah, they have Troma now, which is which is great. But uh, you know, it has you know SVHS masters with all this garbage. Basically, Troma's history belongs to Vinegar Syndrome. Troma doesn't need to exist at all. They they the only value is their film library of film, not you know VHS masters shit. Um, that, that's how they could get money. No, and but I know that the financial community, you know, my people, uh, <laughs> they won't touch him with the ten. They will not touch him with the ten foot pole, because all these Donner Company interests. This is the thing that James Gunn. James Gunn actually poisoned the well against the people. Shut the door behind them. No, he, nobody talks about that, but he, he manages access to that through his means, not through their means. So the ascendancy of James Gunn through Disney actually. Hurt trauma more than it helped them. Wow! Because the, the whole the whole Marvel thing they went from you know a Robert Downey Jr. sobriety program to you know, a dating service for Joss Whedon to you know the, the James Gunn holiday special child bubble bath jamboree. So <laughs> they they have nothing but moral hazard. Over it. I mean, if I were Lloyd Kaufman, I'd I'd go all in on on Trey Parker and be like. Trey Parker is my legacy. South Park is my legacy. I am I am like the grandfather of South Park. Because mm -hmm. right. I think after this year, no one's going to want to even mention James Gunn's name. They're going to be like, Romeo and Juliet was written by William Shakespeare. <laughs> Who, Bill? Yeah, him. <laughs> the Sonic guy. From Avon. His name drop. I hate it when people do that, like, me and my pal uh, Bobby De Niro and me and me and Bobby De Niro were at Rao's Steakhouse. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get back to the film. Let's uh, let's uh, find out about the Beast. <laughs> the Beast. I uh, I won't actually play the clip just because we're starting to get long here. Yes, yeah, they don't one. know it's long when you edit it. Assume <laughs> it's going to be edited. It's fine. Oh yeah, it'll be out of I'll, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll slide sure. it right in there. This is my big activity of the day. It allows us to uh, talk about other stuff. The legend of the beast goes back a long time. For any of us could even pick up a baseball. Back to a place called Myrtle's Acres. It all started about 20 years ago, 
when thieves kept stealing junk from Myrtle's Acres junkyard. So Mr. Myrtle, the guy that used to own the place, got him a new pup from the dog pound. He fed him whole sides of beef and turned the pup loose in the junkyard. And the pup was grateful. Squigman Palladors was police chief back then. And he ordered Mr. Myrtle to turn his backyard into a fortress and chain up the beast and put him under the house where he could never get out to eat children and stuff. And that's where he's been for 20 years. And that's where he'll be for the rest of his life. Because when Mr. Myrtle asked the cops how long he had to keep the beast chained up like a slave, he said until Forever. 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 And so the beast sits there under that green too, dreaming of the time when he can break the chain and get out. Dreaming of the time when he can chase and kill again. See, man? That's why you can't go over there. Nobody ever has. Nobody ever will. One kid did, but nobody ever seen him again. That ain't true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sp speaking of sliding it right in there, here comes Wendy Peppercorn. Wendy <laughs> Peppercorn! And Squints is ready. He's ready yeah, you gotta to do it. You gotta right in yourself in the shit. I learned a lot about doing the thing. Squints is, you know, leap of faith to the deep end. You know, you gotta have a little, little criminal mindset. Obviously, uh, certain aspects of the or certain portions of the current population would be appalled by what transpires on screen with that scene. Yeah, but... well, like, yeah. If, you're, if you're willing to risk death to it, if you're willing to. Like, I found it hilarious. I was busting the gut during that scene, and I knew <laughs> what was coming. It was great then. It's great now. <laughs> yeah, as a little kid, you aspire to something like that. You sure do. I want to mention real quick, they go to the pool because it's really hot. But before they go, Benny takes a, a vote and he says, uh, raise your hand if you're a can't, uh, a can't hack it panty waist who wears their mother's bra. <laughs> and everybody raises their hand because they want to go to the pool. Well, see, yeah, they're supposed to play baseball. They hate 
And now this is, uh, those kids it's weird hearing a 12 year old use the phrase panty waste. Well, because they like the, the, the adults who like the shit. <laughs> they wanted to put in some humor. And what have we talked about? Yeah, you cross dress. <laughs> is this uh, before or after the game with the uh, the jerks? This is and still the, before. This and the before. insults. Okay, the, the pools before the insults? Yep. Okay. The cannonball scene was huge too. The cannonball scene was often imitated. Yes, mm. and probably a lot of people became fucking paralyzed for life. <laughs> well, you know that they're just piggybacking off of Home Alone too. It, it is true. I know. I know. Well, even like two years ago, WWE did a spoof of that scene. A Home Alone well, scene? The... No, of the cannonball scene uh, from uh, from Sandlot. Oh, okay. I was gonna say Home Alone Two, where you know he loses his shorts, you know, doing the cannonball. Do you mind if I practice my cannonball? <laughs> they did a, they did a. It was like a dream sequence with Otis and Mandy Rose, and Mandy Rose was sitting on the side of the pool, you know, tanning and whatnot. And Otis shows up, and he's like, you know, looking over and you know, lifting his eyebrows up and down like, uh, like Hamilton does, Ham. And then uh, he does a cannonball and just splashes all over her. It's a very unnatural splash that comes out of the water there. It's, <laughs> it's an obvious big bucket that is thrown on those women <laughs> panting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, love the cannonball or the jackknife. That was popular at the time. Just to jackknife it up. Then we get the, the squints and his love for, for Wendy. And he, he just can't take it anymore. She's sitting over there oiling and and lotioning. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. How old do you think she is? How old is Marley Shelton then? Yeah, well, I mean her character. Years ago? The... I don't know. She's probably like supposed to be 15, probably. Yeah. Because they don't want to be close. Quince is not the victim, I don't think. Because I don't think no, she's not 18. Not. And and I want to say, if, if the girl is hot, if she is <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter what your relationship status is, doesn't matter what your values are. If you are used by a beautiful woman, you are a winner. Well, the, the actress would have been about 18 when they. Yeah, Marjan was definitely 18 by then. But, like, we don't want to say that because that means she was 18 30 years ago, and that's not polite to say about a lady. Well, <laughs> this is, you know, this is right around the same year as Blank Check. It was. I mean, like, if you get a blank check, it's a lot. There's, there's a lot. And of she's like that. 28 or something. Yeah, she's a, she's in a she's in a she's a career woman, you know. Yeah, I mean, but she's still like you know probably the same age as like Carrie Russell, 15 or 16. I, I have no idea how how old she was 30 years ago. But what in blank check? Yeah, you know, there's still also 30. What was it 93, 94? Yeah, she, she was. Uh, that she was in the FBI though. Really? Yeah. She, in the movie, I'm gonna she look kissed up how old him. Mom. And she kissed him. <laughs> yeah, she was investigating Mr. McIntosh. Oh shit! No, she was. She was. She's twenty. She's twenty by then. She was twenty. That girl in blank check. She's seventy-four. Yeah. Okay. She still looked, or she. I think she was supposed to be like you know. Well, if you're in the FBI, you got to be in your mid twenties at least. Oh, she wasn't in so. blank check. Was she in blank check? Molly Shaw was in blank. We were check? talking. We no, were no. talking about blank check though. Because uh, the the boy gets kissed by a much older woman, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The FBI lady is like, uh, I forget. She's like, she's like twenty five or thirty. I think she's yeah. I think she's like thirty. Yeah, it's fine. 
Yeah, the the the, the Ms. Robinson thing is is fine. It's not it's not like Lolita. I mean, even if it's not even though it's like culturally not accepted now, it is. It's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. We just pretend like it's not. Of course, I mean the girl in blank check was like thirty one or thirty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not Mary Shelton's age at all. But I still, think it's very tastefully done. I don't think she used tongue. It's the same like big. It's the same like big. You know, yep. old school of thought that like adult women with, with you know boys it makes you mentally ill or whatever, but like it makes you mentally ill or whatever, so it's fine. Yeah, it would have been uh <laughs> the top of my fantasies when I was that age. Yeah, I mean like when you're a teenage boy you fantasize about adult women, not fucking you know. <laughs> I mean you, you settle you settle for the girls in your sphere. I know that's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> But like that's what you do. You, you fantasize <laughs> like adult, you know, porn star women, adult playboy women, adult hustler women, not yeah, you know, right. peers. And a lot of the women you know don't have; <laughs> they're not developed, so to say. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fucking. You know, they're, they're still in the Polly Pocket and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, do those sell and, these days? I, I don't know. I, I'm talking about you know when I was, <laughs> Polly you know, Pockets. When I was when I was squint's age, people don't like you know try to put on a fake adult facade until like eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like yeah, but even then, you, like looking back, you're still just a dumbass kid. They like, said squints was playing on it for three years. So yeah, yeah, for years. So like in the world of the show, squints is like twelve. The girl's like fifty. It's fine. We've just seen that, you know. When so he, corn, yeah, he when fakes like he's drowning. Marley Sheldon rescues him, starts giving him mouth to mouth for, I don't know, it seems, it seems like 30 seconds, damn near, before. Uh, <laughs> it was like four or, five, four or five breaths, and then he gets the shit eating grin on his face. Just like the biggest smile. And then, like, he fakes like he's unconscious again. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, you do. You do have to low key like outrage and disgust women uh, for it to work. It's like making emotional, whatever. It worked for Squints. Nine kids later, he earned her respect. She didn't want to admit it right then and there, but uh, he earned it. She had to put on uh, the uh, the facade to keep up her her uh, reputation as the uh, the lifeguard of the pool, but. Uh, you know, he knew. But would you have up. children lifeguarding other children? That's another thing. Like, it's like the whole the whole child world of nineties children's movies, or even adult free world, where, where there's actually no supervision. Well, how old was Joe Biden when he was lifeguarding at the <laughs> uh, at the urban pool? He was old enough to intimidate Corn Pop. <laughs> he was a bad dude, though. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> By that time, Joe Biden was already a grown man and a war hero. Well, he had he had hairy legs, and the, the, his hairs, his leg hair would turn blonde in the sun. He had, he had, I mean, actually, he was a kid. That's how Corn Pop was scared. His, 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 his legs were so hairy, he did not know if that he was he was dealing with a man or a man wolf from Guadalupe. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. It's, the, legend, the legend of Corn Pop is, is very, it's a big deal. And that is the truth. Used to, okay. The kids used to come and uh, brush, uh, you know, rub their hands on his uh, his leg hair in the pool. Well, you know, he's, he's, he's a great he's a great father figure. 
I mean, he is obviously because he's the father of he's a future father of a future president. Well, he's a father of a war hero, a war hero, and a future president, and a future president who has great ties with Ukraine. Well, he was still for Ukraine first because he knew he knew about the, the advanced threat of a resurgent Soviet Union. That's why Hunter <laughs> Biden is, is a great man. That's why the women love him. Well, <laughs> well, we all know Zoli. Zoli, nobody stands with Ukraine as much as you do. I stand with Ukraine eight days a week. <laughs> but I don't think uh, some of your family members would would like your support of the Azov Battalion. No, well, they they understand it's 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 Jewish at the end of the day. It's just Jews pretending, <laughs> or they think it is, and like they're not. They're, they're, they're Zelensky's best guys, and Zelensky says it's fine, and and it's fine. It's he's got they've got Jewish permission to put swastikas in bathrooms. Necessary evil, right? I mean, it's only it's only a problem when you're in Hebrew school. When you're an adult, they're not going to call your mom. To be like, "Fuck you, I'm Azov Battalion." Well, do you, Zali? Do you counteract that by putting that "Stop Jewish Hate" video up on Twitter? Well, I mean, the the stop they go they, they you got it. It's like pushing pull hot and cold. Is that the the harder you stand with Ukraine? And the more the more weaponry and fearsome the Azov Battalion gets, the more you gotta domestically tell people ambiguously, no, the ambiguous demo, stop hating the Jews. But who is the message for? I don't I, mean, I don't know who the message is for. Do they and, just send you that video and tell you the to, to post it? Is that how it works? No, I, I reblog everything for the ADL because I want to be the head of the ADL. I think that, <laughs> No, I think that John Greenlatt has spent too much time with Jeffrey Epstein, mm. and he doesn't advocate for Jewish stuff like at all. He's kind of like a bitch too. Like he's weak. Like he gets mm. offended. Like he's like, oh, like Mel Gibson's in the, the, the John Wick TV show. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who that guy was. He said yeah. he he says yeah. he ruined the West Wing or whatever. That guy. Oh, that, that guy. I actually have respect for all the Sorkin people, but like. They they have like this like insane hate week against Mel Gibson, even though they all worship the ground Robert Downey Jr. walks on. And you know, Robert Downey Jr. only became Iron Man because of Mel Gibson, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh basically I think that I'd be a great head of the ADL because it's my you know, I've got my Wellstonian bona fides in, you know, I've got Bar Mitzvah in Israel. Oh wow. I've got 12 years of Jewish education. I've uh, watched like every Holocaust documentary twice. <laughs> you know, electively. You, you know, there's less every year? Every year. You know, I, 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 yeah, it's, it's exactly. And uh, as head of the ADL, I would, I, I'd outdo Rob Reiner. I would, I'd be the supreme advocate. To the Jewish diaspora in America, and I'd be objective. Like I, like if, if Israel did something like I don't like, like you know, ruined Marvel comics over a thirty-year period, I would mention it. Or you know, the USS Liberty. I'd say the USS Liberty wasn't nice. It wasn't a good thing. It was a bad. Thing. But I wouldn't say it like in a mean way because I don't want like the Mossad assassinating. Because there's no, there's no ADL without Mossad. But I wouldn't be like a loser. I wouldn't be like. 
Oh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are mean to Steven Spielberg. No. <laughs> well, you're going to have to scrub your social media history to uh, no, it's, get that it's job, fine. I think. No, because when you're Jewish, it's fine. It's fine. Like, <laughs> Dolly, you look like you're saying, no, I'm, I'm Jewish. Everything I say is is like a Jackie Mason thing. It's fine. It makes you better <laughs> listening to it and reading it is like is like anti-racist prayer. Well, you have to apologize on behalf of Jackie Mason for Caddyshack too. Well, yeah, I, I will. Jackie Mason did let it let an imperfect life. Um, <laughs> he did. It's okay though. But uh, no, yeah, I, I could use my Twitter timeline in my resume for the ADL because I say I want a constant state of Crown Heights. That's my vision for the ADL: constant Crown Heights thing. I want pandemonium. Feel I want it to be like, like Oliver Stone's talk radio, mm. which may not be nice for you know the, the people who just want to be nice. Everything to becomes chaos. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a state of, of tribal panic chaos. All right, let's uh, let's get to the clip. <laughs> I do have a clip. <laughs> I do want to play from the uh, the aftermath of the peppercorn thing. Can I say really quick? Uh... Sure. What do you think, Zolly? Uh, I know you didn't. Uh, you said you don't know about wrestling stuff, but the WWE had a a promo video for one of their matches at WrestleMania, and they accidentally put a clip of Auschwitz in it. It's great. See, the thing is that we don't talk about is we, the fucking reformed Jews. We worship the fucking Holocaust. Okay, so one of the reasons why all the fucking the Jesse Smollett shit happens is because you watch so much Holocaust footage. You realize the ultimate position in society is, is the Waffen SS. So you try to bring that shit to light. Praising the victimhood. Yeah, I mean, you go like, I like, you know, there's only one way to win an argument with Grandma. And that's, that's why I have it. And it sucks. Well, well the, the context of the video was this this wrestler spent a night in jail yeah. and now he's uh just like it's Ray Mysterio's son Dominic. Now he's, whenever something bad happens to me, I say it's worse than the Holocaust. Or it's the six. I, I mentioned the six million like probably every 90 minutes on Twitter. <laughs> Contest like oh six million, six billion, six gorillion. But they were trying yeah. to show like all the all the stuff he went through in jail, and then they showed a, <laughs> a shot of Auschwitz. Great. It, the, 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 we forget that showbiz is is like Jewish. It descends from Jewish vaudeville, so it it's been impregnated with Jewish humor immutably. Okay, so like anything Jewish is is, is funny because because people immediately go to the the thing in their head and it's funny. So it's always gonna be funny. So like Larry the Cable Guy was dressed like a rabbi in health inspector. It's fucking funny as shit. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg pulled no lies. Funny and Jewish, the name Whoopi Goldberg. Have you and seen she, pictures of Madonna lately? Hilarious. Well, that's what happens. You go off HDH, you know. That's what happens. You go off the steroids. You mutate terribly. Madonna's probably gonna fucking die. Is she converted? Uh, right. The yeah, but that Kabbalah well, thing. Like I said, you can't become Yiddish. Well, Madonna's Italian. That's good enough, right? I mean. Yeah. I but she I well, just, she was mad at the Catholic Church because she thought she was being rejected by the Catholics, well, right? So then she this is gonna sound so switch teams. I don't think you can actually change your religion. I mean, I don't think you can. Yeah. I mean, like it's like I'm no longer, you know, five foot seven. It's like you can't. 
<laughs> on history yourself. I mean, you can be like, I, I'm going to go full Sinead O'Connor and probably don't preach and shit. But Madonna will always be, you know, what she is. Well, right? she still wears crosses all the time, you know. Yeah, because in reality, like in three in the morning, if she's scared, she goes you know, straight to her child religion, as does mm-hmm. probably fucking everyone. Well, she she made that like a prayer video where she made out with Black Jesus, and that was kind of uh. Still, there's two. But... Okay. Now there'd be no problem. Nobody would give a shit. No. But, but you know, it's her father, Danny Aiello, would not approve. <laughs> you think people like in the future will think that Danny Aiello was? <laughs> I don't know if he could produce weird. something that uh, at once was that you know pretty. At one time, no, they just think that the real videos were really happening. <laughs> um. Okay, let's let's play this peppercorn clip. That is some narration that I just love. Okay, oh, hey, 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 did you plan that? Of course I did. Been planning it for years. You guys didn't plan that. Michael Squince Polidorus walked a little taller that day and we had to tip our hats to him. He was lucky she hadn't beat the crap out of him. We wouldn't have blamed her. What he'd done was sneaky, rotten, and low. And cool. Not another one among us would have ever in a million years, even for a million dollars, had the guts to put the move on the lifeguard. He did. He had kissed a woman, and he had kissed her long and good. We got banned from the pool forever that day, but every time we walked by after that, the lifeguard looked down from her tower, right over at Squints, and smiled. Love that narration, right? <laughs> Especially, <laughs> you know, love the we kissed her long and good. It's about, <laughs> it's about the love of the game. <laughs> yeah. All its manners. His narration is so matter of fact, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds yeah. like uh, Bob Costas. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I hate and, Bob Costas. He's he's the worst. Most probably. Well, I mean, but I mean, like when you're when you're six, you don't hate Bob. You don't even think it. He's just the sports voice man. He gives it such legitimacy. Yeah, I, for, I forget when I started hating Bob Costas, but it was probably right around that. <laughs> well, I mean, like when you start hating like all media people, like you know, I don't, I don't, well, I know, I don't really have any negative opinions about him. You know, it's not uh, like, what's Joe Buck. Joe Buck presenting himself as hateful. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody hates Joe Buck. Yeah. In Minnesotans, especially. He almost died getting hair transplants. <laughs> yeah, like, what, he got substance? And then he admitted to it. It, it. it takes a brave man. His plugs weren't taken. A brave man. They rejected the transplant. <laughs> well, he, was, he was allergic to the anesthetic, but they had to put him under to do that, the transplants. And he's like, my hair's more important than living. <laughs> You know, some people make that choice, and if it's not got to be on camera. But I especially loved in that narration how they talked about how it's, you know, she calls him a pervert, right? You know, a sick little pervert, right? When he she figures yeah. out that he duped her, but uh, they talk about you know, you sneaky, rotten, low, low, and and cool, <laughs> and cool. <laughs> Walked a little that. taller that day. Walked a little taller. All right. Um, then I think we can get to. Uh, we talked about the insults. Yeah, some other team just shows up 
that's with weird uniforms. They didn't like, mention them before this scene, did they? They don't mention them during the scene or after the scene either. They're just there. <laughs> They're basically the rich kids. I don't even know if they acknowledge who they are or where they're from or they oh they agreed to play us on their field. This movie is supposed to take place in the San Fernando Valley, but it was all filmed in Utah, basically. Which is why yeah, it doesn't look like the valley at all. Five oh, yeah. and six. Four, five and six, yeah. Troll two. But yeah, uh so those kids show up, start talking shit about their shitty sandlot and shitty players outside of Benny, of course. So there's a little exchange between the, the leader of the jerks and uh, Ham. Yeah, it's easy when you play with a bunch of rejects and a uh, fat kid, Rodriguez. Shut your mouth, Phillips. What'd you say, crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball. Except for Rodriguez, you're all an insult to the game. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! You playing a real diamond porter? Ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Puss licker. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You make your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah! You bob grapples in the toilet. And you like it. You play ball like a girl. you say you heard me tomorrow noon at our field it's a buffalo butt breath count on a pee drinking crap face let's go you all right pee drinking crap face yes Wasn't sure what you said. I thought you said I'm gonna go puke. I'm like, what? No, go pee, go pee. It's <laughs> like, oh, it's all I got sick. I was like, oh, I was holding in a pee for like two hours. Oh, sorry. We can always pause. <laughs> no, no, I figured you just ended up. Yeah, yeah. Like you were getting the sound working out. It would be fixed by the time I. <laughs> my bladder. No, no. You you play ball like a girl. It was another classic line from here, which yeah. you probably can't say today. What is it? What was the company that did the uh, the whole campaign about like a girl, and uh, it was like uh, Tampax or some shit like that or Dove. <laughs> Run with the packs. Or they, um. <laughs> or like they had some uh, like ten year old girl. They're like, show me what it's like to run, and then like they, you know, whatever. Yeah, how do you run like, like girl? run like a girl, and then like they start like flailing around and shit. Mm. And it's like uh, I don't remember that one. They had a whole campaign about it. I don't run like a girl. I run like Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> it was like no, now, now it's okay. You just run like a girl. It's fine. Men have evolved. I mean, you you run like Steven Seagal used to run because he yeah, now, now physically can't run anymore. Now, now he physically can't. Not he run. just doesn't run. <laughs> It's all because he's old. That's the only reason. And huge. <laughs> all right. Um, we can start to wrap up this movie. Getting a little long in the tooth. 
but the game uh, the game with the other team is just a an excuse to have ham sit behind the plate and insult everybody quite enjoyed that they kicked the crap out of the the jerks they're never heard from again no go to the carnival uh, and try their chewing tobacco yeah puke everywhere it was basically they're just ripping off problem child too so get on one ride and just... it's basically the same ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, after that, we finally get to the pickle. He's uh, building up the whole movie. Well, I wrote it down that. Uh, well, he says we're finally getting to the pickle, but then he waits like a while to get there anyways. You remember when he says, uh, I think I should pickle the beast. Pickle. Well, that could be the pickle. That's uh, that's it's actually still ways away. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because first they have the omen of him. He hits the guts out of the ball. Yeah, and then uh, Smalls goes and gets the Babe Ruth ball, and Smalls hits the Babe Ruth ball over the fence. Mm-hmm. And then they do the whole montage of all the different ways of them trying to yeah. get the ball back. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah, after like true. a full day or two, Benny's like, "I'm." He has the dream with uh, Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. And after that, he goes, I'm going to pickle the, the beast. I wrote the down. I was like, that sounds very sexual. And it sounds like something <laughs> out of a John Waters movie or something. Oh, boy. The biggest pickle. Speaking of which, there's something about uh, Pink Flamingos. Thinking of, well, I know they mentioned on the MMC. I think uh, Stu picked up the new Blu-ray or something. But uh, there's something else I heard about Pink Flamingos recently. Oh, is John Waters doing any, anything? Yeah, he's like really checked out for a for a long while now. He has exited the culture. <laughs> I mean, and that's mean to say, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Exited the counterculture. Well, he used to be on VH1 all the time. Yeah, back in the day, and like E Network, he was. Uh, I don't know if he was making any movies or anything, but he was. Commenting think, on the culture often. I think he's starting to do more appearances now. Isn't he doing like a Joe Bob Briggs type of thing where he'll travel around with some of his movies and introduce them and do Q and A's and, but also almost like a presentation or something. Um, yeah, I think he did, but that was a long time ago. Or oh, he doesn't do that now. I think he does anything. Hmm. It sucks. Well, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I have no idea. But nowadays, he's not even like shocking at that. Is like defamed. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to be shocking post twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well, anything but... he does would probably be called transphobic. They're yeah, homophobic, they which is ironic. Yeah. yeah. They would go after him. They go after him worse than Pasolini. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Divine is a kind of a trans hero, but the way she's depicted in some of those films, yeah, I'm Divine sure they would have problems with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I th- I know what it was. It was, I think it was somebody w- was for the eight hundredth time trying to get down to the real facts. to divine really eat dog shit at the end of Pink Flamingos? I'm gonna say no, probably not. It was like a technicality. Well, she didn't swallow; she just chewed it around her <laughs> mouth a little bit, you know. So it's like, well, she put it in her mouth, but she didn't technically eat it, supposedly. <laughs> Well, I think of the whole thing. I mean, I know we see, we see, but I think it's fake. Because, yeah. like, it's easier to not do it. And, like, 
just well, because the, the chicken's think, not fake. Well, yeah, but like just because you think that, just because they, I just I know that they're fucking. They were down to do anything, but I just had a feeling that when push comes to shove, they would fake it because it's easy to fake. Yeah, it's easier to fake than to do. And yeah, I've seen pink flamingos a bunch. There's there's nothing to suggest that the dog shit could not be swiped with non non shit. <laughs> I mean, they they don't really kill people. Yeah, and movie I'm magic. Saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I I just I just have a feeling that, but I could be wrong. They could be like, fuck it, let's 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 go full Baltimore. Divine is just so depraved. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always think that in reality, the, the real the real truth is always not, is not wacky. Yeah, because reality is boring and dependable. All right. Um. Uh. Back to the film. Out of all the schemes they have to get the ball back, I think the erector set one is the best. I was wondering, you guys have erector sets when you're young? Um. No. Let uh, I don't think so. I remember. Seeing them or being advertised yeah. or whatever. But it was much more of like a 70s, one. 60s toy. We had one, but I think it was like from my parents, basically. Like the 60s or something. Never really used it because it was so kind of involved. And yeah, yeah, well, like we had Legos and Lincoln Logs and shit like that. It was just much easier to build stuff. Do blows. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> I think the thing is like Legos are like... Less dangerous than electric sets because like electric yeah. sets hard metal, mm-hmm. right? But then, yeah, but also you step on Legos. Stepping on Legos sucks. They uh they blow up the treehouse with those vacuums. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> the explosion. Did you did you have a clip of uh Smalls explaining the ball that he hit over the fence? I do. Yeah. I think it's the last one, right? Yeah. We gotta get that ball back. Oh yeah, right. No, you don't understand. Sure we do. You feel bad because you built it a homer and now we can't play no more. No, you don't understand. That wasn't my ball. What do you mean that wasn't your ball? It was my stepdad's. I stole it from his trophy room. It was a present or something. Somebody gave it to him. But we gotta get it back. He's gonna kill me! Listen to me, Smalls. It's the matter of life and death. Where did your old man get that ball? What? I don't know. Some lady gave it to him. Why? What? Uh, Yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. Actually played with it and actually played with it? Yeah. Yeah. 
king of crash. The colossus of cloud. The colossus of cloud. player that ever lived. I mean, people say he was less than a god, but more than a man. You know, like Hercules or something. That ball you just aced to the beast is worth, well, more than your whole life, man. Of course, he doesn't know who Babe Ruth is, because he... Oh, babe! That's when he finds out <laughs> So now there's no mistaking. He, he knows the great Bambino and Babe are the same person. Well, he thought some lady named Ruth... Sign the ball, baby Ruth. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like, what does he think his stepdad is? Like some kind of girls' baseball fan? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, maybe he was a big fan of the Rockford Peaches. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe baby Ruth is a secret uh, mistress in Chicago. <laughs> he visits on quote business. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look into it at all. But yeah. they replaced the ball with the uh, one that they they signed as Babe Ruth, they and they spelled it wrong. Did they? I didn't know. I they, didn't. Well, they put an close. E after Ruth is R U F R U T H E, and I'm thinking, hey, like these a, guys are obsessed with Babe Ruth, and they don't know how to spell his fucking name. You gotta funny. blame the art department. <laughs> it's their fault. Because you can see all three balls at the end in the. Uh, commentator's box you see the bay the one that they made i think you see the chewed up one so he must have gotten it from james l jones when he passed away and then i think the the yankee one the where the whole team signed it yeah but um but yeah as far as the schemes uh the rector set was probably the closest although they didn't uh they threw it straight up like the catapult didn't work like how it was meant to be because the beast just went up and like swallowed well, it. The dog was just so quick. He was going to go over the fence, but dog hits super dog leaping ability. Super well, yeah. canine. And then they had the uh, one where they had yeah, yeah, lower down Mission Impossible style, <clears throat> which of course yeah. led to him innovating bungee jumping. <laughs> yeah. Or inventing it or whatever. Um. So yeah, the Benny has the dream. Where he gets visited by the babe. And babe Ruth takes his Hank Aaron rookie card or whatever. Henry Aaron. I don't know why, but can I have this? <laughs> Something tells me this will be important. He gets those PF flyers, which weren't a thing anymore by the time this movie came out, but they don't even look like athletic shoes. Like they're supposed to make you run and jump fa- faster. They higher just look like faster. Converse, you know, like the All Stars. Like they look like work boots. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, Benny is going to pickle the beast. Yeah. I also want to point out this movie has a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is for it period sure. Period accurate. Is it period accurate? And does that matter? <laughs> Close it's, enough. It's period accurate enough for the eight year olds watching it. Yeah. It does have plenty of songs from the 60s, but I don't know if they're that early 60s. Or some of them are, but. Like there's some songs on here that I I thought were like for the movie for the longest time, like uh uh Green Onions by uh Booker T and the MGs. 
which I think was on one of the clips that it was when they were insulting each other. Yeah. That song was so associated with this movie. Like I, as a young child, I just assumed that it was made for the movie. Yeah, you don't think about it. Tequila was pretty old by the champs. Already a classic. Uh, This Magic Moment by uh, the Drifters. Not sure of that year when that came out, but Wipeout was already big. This is post-Surfer Surfer Madness, wouldn't you say? Yes. Those big surfing movies came out in the late 50s, maybe? Early it was over by then. A big Wednesday and all that? That was 20 years later. Well, 70s. Was it 70s? Yeah. Well, well you're thinking like Beach Blanket thing. Though. The John Millis movie is 75 or something. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking of those... In the, uh, future, in the future. Those 50s ones or whatever that they make fun of on Family Guy, like the Beach Blanket yeah. Bingo or whatever. And... Those ones, so. All right. Um. So, yeah, then we get this... Uh, you mentioned Point Break earlier. I was going to ask you which foot race is better, Point Break or the Sandlot? I don't know, Point Break, because it came first. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> it did come first. But this, it is a pretty good, uh, pretty good foot chase. No, oh, yeah, it is. Well, how about this line? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. It's true. It's true. That's why Babe Ruth won't die. Benny needs to call his shot with uh, outrunning the dog. You know, he's just gotta he's gotta go get that ball himself. Well, it's like the dog he, like knows he's playing with him because he like he comes out with the ball in his mouth and he just drops it. And well, because yeah, the beast isn't really like a bad threat. It was only yeah. in their minds. Only well, in their minds. It's funny too. Earlier in the movie, like the the beast is this just like uh, unnaturally huge dog. And then when they finally see it, it's just like a, a regular dog. Yeah, I I do wish they would have gotten a uh, bigger dog to play the role, but still a pretty big dog. But but it I mean, was hyperbole. Yeah, it's kids blowing things out of proportion. But I would, I mean, they still could have made a bigger dog and not had it be half as big as what they thought it was. Like Beethoven towers over this one. <laughs> Beethoven would never run that far. No, no. He's got too much hair. Overheat. Too much much slobber. He'd probably slip and fall. So uh, he chases Benny all around town. Creates all sorts of collateral damage. Runs through the screening of the Wolfman. Yeah. Which is just in like the gym, like the gymnasium or something. Like it didn't look like an actual movie theater. Yeah, it was not like a proper movie house. They just had a projector and then a bunch of like folding chairs. Uh the other kids are following along or trying to at least. And uh Benny yells at them to meet him back at the sandlot. They do the and... bit with the cake at the the parade. Mm-hmm. With uh Hamilton's gotta take a taste of the uh frosting. Cake was gonna feed the whole parade. Huge. They almost save it, and then that dude on the stilts fell over and knocked it over. Yeah. So they get back to the sandlot. Benny jumps back over the fence, as does, well, I guess you say the Hercules goes through the the fence, and then the fence falls on him, and uh, Squints can't take it. Not Squints, sorry. Smalls can't take it. 
got to help uh, the dog out and he gets bending to help him and they lift the fence up and the dog gets up and there's a, a tense moment when Smalls is face to face with the beast and he uh, ends up licking his face. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, come, uh, you can come take any baseballs you want. Yeah, somehow the blind man inside with the superhuman uh, hearing can't hear all the ruckus outside. <laughs> well, He's he does blind. say, you know, that you guys are making all that racket, but he doesn't come out like after, you know, the, his fence falls over. I thought he'd come out there. Right. The movie ended slightly different than what I remembered, but anywho. It but it gives you the, the full stand by me what happened to them. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, the they talk with Mr. Myrtle, who's a black man and not a white guy, like in all the flashbacks in the story. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you guys just knock on the door out? I went back there and got the ball for you. And everybody just everybody just like starts punching squints. You idiot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was hilarious. That was another thing. Um well, this part of the story that uh if you knocked on Mr. Myrtle's door, he would feed you to his dog. Yeah, I remember yeah, I remember that. Oh. That was, yeah, that was part of the story. Yeah, sorry. I thought there was something else I was going to mention, but anywho, they found out he's a friend of George, George Herman Ruth. Oh, George. And, yes. uh, I remember George. And uh, he gives them a ball of uh, the, it's signed by the entire 1927 Yankees, I believe. Yeah. He trades them the messed up slobbered Babe Ruth ball for that. So pretty good trade. Oh, Murderers Row. Yeah. Murderers Row signed it. And uh he takes it back home to to Bill. Bill gets home from his uh business trip. Important business trip. Yes. <laughs> and uh pretty much all is forgiven. Just a slight grounding and he starts to bond with his stepdad. And all is right in the world. They do, like you said, Sal, you kind of do the stand by me. They give the updates for everyone. As people start moving out of town within a couple of years, there's some more good summers to be had, but they weren't quite as good as this one, where the biggest pickle ever was solved by Benny the Jet. Um, yeah. Um, with uh, everybody just kind of got normal jobs except for, uh, let's see, what's his name? Kenny DeNunez pitched like minor league ball or something yeah played triple a but started his business did he say yeah yeah one of them like disappeared right really into the 60s yeah yeah Uh, those weeks those weeks weeks got really into the 60s and nobody heard from him did yeah yeah die in like a bunch of guys or something i forget no i think he just you know became rich after it Oh, I forget. Yeah. And so did the Tommy and Timmy were contractors slash architects. Yep. Benny Benny became a famous baseball player. He was so famous that he was a pinch runner at the end of a game. Or at some point. He was an advanced age for a ball player. That is true. It has taken place 30 years later. The smallest is the commentator says uh, you know, a lot of people think uh, the Jets lost a step or two, but oh, we might still see some fireworks, and he does steal home. I don't know if I – like, they used to steal home in movies all the time back then. Yeah. But uh, I don't I don't know if I saw that in a real game until maybe, like, 
the 2010s. Yeah, it's definitely something that's not really done nowadays. Like, not even attempted. Like, nobody even attempts to steal home because it's kind of dumb. A lot of the sabermetrics even kind of poo pooed stealing bases in general. Yep. No, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just agreeing. <laughs> well, like the, the, the modern, right. the modern sabermetrics, like uh, Rocco Baldelli when he started managing the Twins a few years ago. You know that Buxton's like the fastest player in the league, and he can steal bases. But under him, they've really slowed down stealing bases. It's apparently, the, the stats say it's not worth the risk. Well, didn't the Royals win a World Series doing the bunt and steal? Sure, they did. They did a whole on uh, highly questionable with Dan Levitard. They did a whole song and dance number about them. But they also had really good pitching, but yeah, pretty much. Steal. Bunt, steal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, everything's right in the world. Uh, Danny the Jet steals home. His best friend up there gives him the old thumbs up. And that's it. You know, Benny looks up there like he's going you know, to wave to his wife or something, but it's just smalls. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the Sandlot before we get into fun facts? I mean, I haven't seen the second one or the third one, so. Yeah, neither have I. No interest. I'm not either. Well, the second one didn't even come out till like 2005. Yeah, a long time. I don't think they're even worth talking about. No. Um, all right. Casey, do you have any random fun facts, Zolly? Feel free to chime in. Otherwise, you can just take a load off. Listen and observe. <laughs> observe and uh... hey, everybody! Here's some fun facts. So the uh, older and younger Benny are played by real life brothers Pablo Vitar and Mike Vitar. It's quite the age gap. Here's a fun fact. You know, at the end of the film, the narrator says uh, Hercules lived to be 199 years old in dog years. That's a long time. Yep, equals roughly 28 human years, double the lifespan of an average dog. So, not realistic at all. Yeah. Here's a fun fact Director David Mickey Evans had one clear instruction for Chauncey Lepardi during the pool scene when he kisses Wendy Peppercorn keep your tongue in your mouth. <laughs> Good advice. Wonder how many times they shot that scene. Probably 12 times. According to Squints, not enough. <laughs> As we talked about, the film ends with Benny the Jet stealing home. Apparently, Babe Ruth stole home 10 times in his career. It's crazy. Dude, I've seen him run. I don't believe it. Well, you know, it's a left-handed pitcher, so he's not looking at third. They must uh, it must have been a wild pitch or something. I don't know if that still counts as a steal. I suppose it does. Yeah. Here's another fun fact. Benny's number is also number three. Which is the same number as Babe Ruth. Just break the babe. For most of the filming, the days are very hot. However, during the filming of the pool scene, it was overcast and the water was 56 degrees. All the kids were extremely cold and, and can be seen shivering. Before Squints pretends to drown, you can see his teeth chattering. Yep. <laughs> Just funny, because that was supposed to be the hottest day of the year. Mm-hmm. It cinema suffering. Here's another fun fact. PF Flyers were brought back for the limited time after the movie. I don't remember that, but uh, I'm sure they sold a few of those. Mm-hmm. It says here the film was shot entirely in order over 42 days. It's pretty rare. Here's a fun fact. 
Mr. Myrtle shows the boys a photo of himself with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Of course, it is a retouched photo. Jones's head was put on the body of Hall of Fame slugger Jimmy Fox, mm. who was the real player pictured with Ruth and Gehrig. The real photo can be seen in many baseball books. You know, we, we forget that the scene where Squints pretends to drown so he can kiss Wendy is very similar to the scene in Friday the 13th where Ned pretends to drown so he can kiss Brenda. Forgot about that. It's probably based on that. Yeah. <laughs> of course, as a kid, I hadn't seen that yet. So No. I, I'm sure that's been done hundreds of times in oh. movies and TV. And in life. True. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Here's here's an important one because we kind of talked about this earlier. Contrary to what was previously stated about Babe Ruth not playing with black baseball players due to Jackie Robinson not breaking baseball's color, color line until 1947, what the film does not explain is that major leaguers used to barnstorm in the offseason with players from the Negro Leagues. According to John Hallway, a Negro League historian, Ruth played against Negro, Negro leaguers in Cuba, all over New Jersey, and out west in Kansas City and St. Louis. Mm. Yes, those far west cities of Kansas City and St. <laughs> Louis. All right, I think we can end on that. Daniel Tosh had a funny bit about that, you know, how many home runs would Babe Ruth hit of uh, Rodrigo swam here from Cuba and threw him a junk ball, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Zolly, you got to pump your uh, your YouTube page. Oh yeah, uh, just type in uh, comic shop apocalypse comic shop apocalypse on YouTube, and you'll find some of our videos, which is uh, the bottleneck for the uh, the implosion of the comic market. Some of them are. Coming quite viral that some of those Thor ones got a couple thousand views in like a week. Well, I mean, it's it's we like to, to like to assault people with break videos, but the the actual gems there's there's certainly A videos and B videos. We know which ones are which, <laughs> and we know ahead of time. But uh, basically, if the item is good, the story is better. The video is better. And you get your commentary and you get, or your, I should say your narration almost, and uh, Steve's commentary. Well, you know, thankfully I, I have I have some knowledge of the subject, so. Well, of course. Well, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, Too modest. Topics, we don't know because it's random. It's like, it's, it's in the moment, it's jazz. But yeah. it's usually, it's usually <laughs> bad. And like, as I said, we just use card breaks videos to assault people. We, we don't consider those to be a, uh, from the crumb of what we do. Mm-hmm. The thing I'm the most proud of, though, is still uh, the the premiere of the first Joker at the Imogene Theater mm. years ago. Well, but nobody's seen that. Only like 400 people watched that because we weren't big yet. Yeah, I've watched every one of the comic shop apocalypse and some of your other videos as well. Yeah, my art shit. I, I debate about whether I should delete all the art school shit or not. Because some of it like I should just remake with professionals. Um, but I, I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna besmirch uh the work of my collaborators by erasing it, you know? 
Well, I think it was the last time you were on the show. You talked a little bit about possibly doing some sort of a independent film that was uh, well, maybe yeah, a little was, sexy, maybe a little. I was gonna, be, I was gonna make it the unauthorized remake of Irma Beck. Yeah. Okay. And I also want to adapt uh, Harry Knowles' review of Blade Two from two thousand two. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I still, you know, I still associate with my, you know, with all the people, the bad people I know from, from art school. So, you know, I can make it. I'm very lazy, that's no problem. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, my, my, my Irma Vep thing is, 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 because it's not really Irma Vep, it's called, I don't know what we'll really call it, but on paper it's called The Fucking Vampire. <laughs> nice. And, uh... Uh, it's basically, you know, the hunger, but with hot women as opposed to like old people. Because old people, it's not, yeah, it's like better. But then it's not really the hunger either. It's, it could also be nothing. It could amount to total nothing. But I, I feel much more strongly about my adaptation of Blade 2, the review by Harry Knowles, which I intend to present to Harry Knowles. <laughs> To see how he likes it, which he should like it. He should like it. Well, whatever you do, I will be eagerly anticipating it, especially if you do a VEP or a Blade 2. Let us know. We'll promote, do whatever. Need some help? Let us know. I mean, yeah, I, I could call in a favor here and I suppose. But uh, yeah, uh, love the videos. Keep uh, pushing them out. And Thank you. The funny thing is that with the, the listeners might be interested to know that. You know, a lot of the stuff you guys talk about and show, like even outside of the break stuff, like going through the Thor comics and things like that, I know next to, to nothing about that stuff. Oh, shit. And I still find it very entertaining, informative. I mean, I learned something, but also it's been entertaining the the banter with uh, with Steve and you. And Well, Steve is also an expert. I mean, he doesn't like to talk about it. But yeah. He, he was Shinders. People like to think that Joel Shingers was Shingers. It's not true. He <laughs> round Shingers. He designed their letterhead, their, their organization, everything. Mm. And when Stephen Shingers parted away, Shingers began to atrophy. What, okay, Steve, what? Uh, Shingers. What is the? Oh shit! Shingers was the comic shop. It was the comic shop? Okay, is that what? You, uh, I remember there was a video maybe about six Chain months ago where he was talking about. He used to be part of. Uh, yeah, Shinders a local was chain a, of like it was like a bookstore or something. A huge chain. It was technically a newspaper store. Okay. But in reality, it was a comic shop slash porn store. Okay, because uh, I mean, I grew up in rural Minnesota, so I wasn't privy to a lot of the stuff it, in the it, cities. It, it dwarfed the forest. It was dwarfed by it. Hot Comics was dwarfed by it. There was no comparison to Shinders. Shinders was a was a chain. The flagship was in Roseville. It was an amazing store, mm. amazing resource. Yeah, we we used to go to Shinders for sports cards, like baseball cards, yep. basketball cards, or okay, occasionally collectible stuff. Yeah, they, Bob, they, they had the whole stuff. whole comic thing. We, yeah, we 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 weren't like in the comic books, but Shinders was mostly comic books and stuff. Yeah, like and that. One of my goals is you know to bring that back, kind of bring all that back. The baby steps. You need to keep that physical media alive. Oh, yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for being thank on. Any, anything else you want to plug? What's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's just find me, Zolly Becker, on Twitter or Instagram. I'm, I'm everywhere. On the they gram. You can't stop me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brett, where can people find lovely WTM merch to uh, support the show? You can go to WTM, watch this movie dot creator dash spring dot com. All right. Well, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watch this movie yahoo.com. Find us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or bread at positively wolf one, which is also the same as his letterbox profile. Uh, mine can be found under Eric underscore Mulder. You can check out our website at WTMWatchThisMovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and most other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you're off my case. You know... If my dog was as ugly as you, I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. <laughs>